five, four, three, two, one. Live? And we're live. Mr. Carmichael. Hello, my friend. Mr. Neighbors. Hello, Joe. Uh, General Jamar. I know. Uh, Jamar, welcome. Thank you, man. Didn't Thank know you, you were coming, but glad to see you. Man, me neither, man. He made he made me come. <laughs> well, came by the house. He just came by. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna I'm going to Joe Rogan. And he was like, I'm gonna come. I was like, right, that's perfect. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. What the fuck is going on, man? What are you what? up to? I just got in from New York like two hours ago. And now I'm here. I feel real I don't know. I feel like a you know, you ever see like a homeless man smoking a cigarette? Yeah. And he just feels like real zen, and this is his. That's how. That's how I feel emotionally right now. Really? Yeah. Really. Like, like a homeless dude smoking a cigarette. Yeah. What a weird analogy. I feel it's great. Hmm. It's really great. I'm trying to figure that out. That feeling. It's like I have everything that I need right now in your life. I have everything yeah. that I need. Yeah. But you've been killing it for a long time, man. You know, I, you were killing it when I wasn't at the store. I'd heard about you um, when I was I was gone. I'd heard about you. I think Ari is one who told me about you. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. And then I found out that Spike Lee directed your special. I was like, what? Like, what the fuck is happening over at the comedy store? <laughs> you know, yeah, Spike was, Lee's directing comedy specials. That was a fun one because it was like just such a immediate. Like I was like, it has to be in the OR. Nobody filmed in the OR. And so, like, you know, getting everybody to agree to that. Yeah. And then, like, because even Spike was like, but the main room's right here. Mm. So big. And it's like, I was like, but I don't do the main room. I do the OR. Yeah. The main room's pretty good, too. I used, to, I used to be prejudiced against the main room. I'd be like, ah, it's too big. It's too showy. Mm. It depends OR's on. dirty and grimy. It, it depends <laughs> on, like, you know, if the sides are full or open and what the, the, the room can change. Depending on like so many factors of yeah. like seating and whatever, just the sound of it. Well, the room really changes when it gets empty late at night. Like that's a strange room. Where, like Brody's doing those midnight spots. Those have been some fun spots to watch. <laughs> just when Brody's just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was like I used to. Tommy used to make me uh, follow Brody, uh, like all the time. It's a that's such a fun, interesting thing to do. To like because what what else is left? Right. At that point, you well, know, the audience I mean? like, is headspace. Yeah, it's in there in such a different place that it's just fun to piece it back together and yeah. figure it out. Well, Jamar, you get a lot of those freaky spots. Yeah, man. You ever had to follow Brian Holtzman? <laughs> Many <I'm> li- times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> what happens with him? Well, he's just so crazy. He'll say so much crazy shit that the audience is just like stunned. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like Brody times. 20. Really? Yeah. You never see Holtzman? <laughs> Funny as fuck. Yeah, I don't I don't think I have yet. Oh my god. Dude, Holtzman said some of the darkest shit I've ever seen anybody <laughs> say on stage. He went on stage after Do you remember Susan Smith, that lady that drowned her kids? She was a, a lady that she drowned her kids. Mm-hmm. I forget like what the context of it was. Holtzman went on stage like 2 days later was like I heard those were bad kids. I heard they sat that close to the TV. They never put away their blocks. They fucking spilt their milk. Those kids would not be missed. <laughs> and people were like, what in the fuck? When you say that, uh, uh, maybe I have heard Brian Holson. Dude, <laughs> right after really September good. 11th, Mitzi wouldn't let him go on stage. Oh. She's like, keep him off stage. <laughs> she wouldn't let him go up. She wouldn't let him go up. couldn't risk the potential like riot. Well, he's... A really funny guy and a really good comic, but he's never been a professional. 
like his whole life. Yeah. He's been doing comedy forever. When I came to the store in 94, Holtzman was already there. And he's never been a professional. He's always had a job. Mm -hmm. He's always been, he was a dog catcher. He was a meter maid. Like a bunch of different shit. Yeah. So he's never, never really branched out. Yeah. Eleanor was telling me how he fought uh, Martin Lawrence's uh, bodyguard. Well, you could call it that. You could say, I would say Martin Lawrence's bodyguard beat the fuck out of Brian Holtzman. That's how I would say it. <laughs> 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 Martin Lawrence was heckling. Over. And, uh, and Holt, well, Holtzman's on stage. He's saying crazy shit. And there's like oh, 10 okay. people in the room. And, and Martin was heckling, apparently. And Brian got off stage to point out that it was Martin Lawrence. He's like, look, this fucking rich, famous motherfucker's heckling me. Boom! Oh, wow. And he gets knocked out by... Oh, it, it was Lawrence's that immediate. Security. This wasn't oh, yeah. even a parking lot thing. This was, I heard it was a showcase. <laughs> Is that what you heard? That's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> Just stories get twisted, right? Yeah. Stories, so funny. stories get weird after a while. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that was those were the dark days of the comedy store. That was like... I want to say that was like... I don't even know if that was the 2000s. What is it now? I haven't really been in, in like, I've, I've kind of been, but I, like, is it now, like, still that place where you go experiment, try out? I do. Yeah. yeah. Do. You, I, I, Jamar is actually, the, I, I go to see Jamar. Like, when I go, it's usually to, like, at, like, whatever, 1 a.m., Shit, that right, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like great. I just hit him up and be like, Hey, man, I'm going up, I'm gonna do some crazy shit. You coming through? Oh, yeah, like, I, I, I love it. <laughs> those one o'clock sets, it's a different world, it's a different, it's, it's experimental, it's strange, it's it's kind of sad. There's a little bit of sadness, in yeah, the it's yeah, perfect, yeah. <laughs> oh, the sadness, oh, the sadness. The sadness is those late night because you like you're looking at your watch, like, why am I not at home? Why am I not asleep? Yeah. I remember that feeling my first time going to the comedy store, just Whoops. being like, why, like, why am I sad? <laughs> like, yeah. just like this thing that just weighs you. Like, I, I, I remember feeling kind of like worthless. No, just like kind of like the it just it really feels like a a ghost is choking you up. <laughs> like it's not like it's like a weird like Who's ghost. Oh man, pick pick one. There's yeah, there's a lot of from like eighty nine. There's a lot of ghosts in that room, and they come. They when everyone's gone, that's when they show up. You think for real? No, no, oh. I don't think for real. Like you'll see them, but you do definitely feel like weirdness. Yeah, no, there's a weird... Especially when you bomb and you get that cold... Fuck you, Pryor! Well, you know, he bombed there, too. You know, There's some classic famous stories about Pryor bombing as he was filming Live on the Sunset Strip. Like, some of the sets... Oh, Mythologic had the footage. Oh, really? Yeah, the Showtime doc had, like, the footage of the that show... Oh, the show where he was prepping, like where he was getting ready for Yeah, the... well, no, no, like the show where it just didn't go, like, you know, with oh, so Stevie Wonder. Oh, they filmed a few there. of them? Yeah, well, they filmed the, you know, that strip show where he had to come back the next night and, and like, kind of redo it. He just had, like, he was just, he, he, you know, operated from such a place of just, like, it was so, on, it had to be honest to him, I, I think, and it had just hadn't gone up in a while and was on stage and was just, like, in the room and just, Sad in it, 
<laughs> just he just said the footage is crazy. Send me that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's really. Who's crazy. got the footage? Well, it's in the doc. You can right. see it in the document. It's like a little bit, but I think it's extended footage. I haven't seen the extended footage if that exists. But there's some great old cassettes that I bought from uh, like a gas station. Mm-hmm. There were uh, Red Fox's Comedy Club. Red Fox had a comedy club, and Pryor would go up and just fuck around, man. Just fuck around. And there was many of them. I mean, there was like seven or eight recordings. Maverick's Flats, I think it was, right? No, that was the name of the company? I think so, off of, off of like Crenshaw or something over there. like, in like Oh, the, where the club was? Yeah. I don't know. Oh. I got them when I was living in Boston. I was living in Boston, and I found them like at a gas station. They were for sale. Oh. Yeah, and it was crazy because it huh. was like, it was small crowd. You could tell it was a small crowd. And... Pryor was just fucking around, man. He was just, he was ad-libbing. You could tell that, like, it wasn't structured. And some of it was really funny. And some of it, like, kind of fell flat. And, yeah. And you could hear, like, the clink of glasses and shit in the <laughs> background. Sounds, and man. it was just so real. Rich, you know, Richard Pryor back then, he was doing something that, it's like, he had figured out a thing that he could do that other people hadn't figured out. And that thing was, like, just be totally honest and also just explore ideas on stage in front of people like not even have it mapped out yet just tr- just fuck around mm-hmm. and find what's funny and he'd be smoking cigarettes and just talking and he figured out a way to turn and then you would see it boiled in to like Richard Pryor live or live on the sunset strip or any of his specials you would see it boiled down into that yeah yeah doing it for tell you know he performed for television really well um, and, and that's like kind of a an element that uh, I think people kind of forget that like how well of a it connected with you watching it at home. Like, yeah. you know, even me 20, 30 years later after it's filmed and just watching it with my dad, it, it it's he plays really well here. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like to you, it's like it, you can feel how personal, how honest it is. And like, so when it was like boiled down, it, it was just, he was also captured really well. Did you ever see him live? No. Prior? Yeah. Wait, how old do you think I am? No, he was alive uh, doing stand up 10 years ago. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more. Maybe 15 years ago. Yeah. Well, he when died- did he die? Uh, maybe it was more than 15 years ago. Now that I'm thinking about it. Did you ever see him live? Yeah, I had a um I had to follow him like five weeks in a row, man. Really? Where yeah. like a run in two thousand and five he died? Okay. So it was more than I thought. Like a run um he did a a run before he died. It was probably right before then. Um actually I wanna say it was like the late nineties, early two thousand, somewhere around then. He was real sick and they would have to carry him to the stage. And it would take like five minutes for him to get to the stage. So they'd introduce him, and the comic would get out of the way. And then um, uh, Chewy and Marilyn Martinez's husband would help him walk to the stage. They would hold on to him, take him to the stage. It would take forever. It was a slow process. And they'd get him, and they'd sit him down, and they'd crank up the mic like this. Because his voice was so soft Feeble, then. and yeah. Yeah, and, and, and he would do stand-up. Mm. Do like 15, 20 minutes, and then I would go on after him every, almost every time. It would be me. And uh, just and 
eat shit. Or just eat shit. <laughs> because, first of all, first of all, nobody knew who I was. And second of all, they just saw Richard Pryor, and they're sad. Because yeah. he's fading away yeah. right in front of everybody. Yeah, it's an interesting feeling. Like you, Never before has like a British-type intermission been needed more. <laughs> a British-type intermission. You yeah. know, like where it's just like, all right, yeah. Richard Pryor is gone. And, uh, you know, 15 minutes, people go smoke cigarettes, come back. What year did you start doing stand-up? Uh, 2008. Yeah, so you missed it. Yeah. yeah. Did you go to the clubs at all before then to look around? Uh, no. Well... Two nights before my first time. <laughs> two nights before your first yeah, yeah, time? Yeah, two nights before my first time, I went to uh, the comedy store. Wow. Yeah. Did you have... My first day in L.A. My first day in L.A., I, I, was the, I saw the whole show, 9 to 2 a.m. Wow. You yeah. sat through the whole show. The whole show, did the open mic that Sunday. Whoa. That's an experience, man. The, the people that do that, man, that's like running an ultra marathon. Like sitting yeah, no, through but, but nine a.m. to two. It's interesting. I can watch. I, I can watch it. You know, I, I can consume a, like a, a high volume of it. In in a lot of cases, like you know, I, I'm I've always been interested in like whatever people are talking about. You know, like and it was just an interesting sampler of like. All right. What's fascinating about the store is the 15 minute blocks that you're seeing these completely different viewpoints. Mm-hmm. 15 minute chunks you know it's just like if you sit there for long enough you sit there for like a couple of hours and you watch that many different people you watch eight different people go up it's like it's very weird yeah it's it the strength of it i think uh it, for like what stand-up is especially like right now what it helps is it allows you to think of yourself in context um and and that's kind of, that's that's more important now than ever especially with stand-up if you're on and you're competing against the 3,000 other specials that came out this right, week, right. It, it's in context of, you know, kind of mass consumption. So if you're going up, uh, you know, in the middle of a marathon show, you're going up in the OR in the middle of a show and they saw eight comics before you, they'll see nine after you or whatever. Right. You have to, like, kind of sketch a place in their minds in context of everything else that they saw that night. So yeah. it's really important. So so are you going like, are you going like, okay, so what haven't they seen? Well, no, you can't do that because then you no, can only not, be yourself. No, not that. It, it, it forces you. It's not saying like, you know, it's not saying change who you are. I it, think it makes a more dynamic version of who you are. Like, because you have to be memorable in the, in context of all of these right. people and these different styles. Also, you know, I think, what you do, because you're whatever you make and you release into the world, you are also releasing in the context of other art that people are consuming, right? So, like, even if you release your stand up album, you know, a lot of times people who buy stand up albums buy stand up albums, you know, and right. like, so they listen to you in context of the other stand up albums that you have. Like, it, it's, it's a strong comparison culture stand up has, right? Like, hip hop. Where it's always in relation. It's not, this is my favorite rapper. Is this rapper is better than that rapper. Right, right, and like, right. You know, and, and, and comedians and consumers of it, you know, it, it's a lot of association. So yeah. it's like, you know, it should force you to be you, specifically you. Right. That's needed more than ever before. 
Right. You know, like like you need to be yourself completely. Or if you're a character, that character needs to be hammered the fuck down. Yeah. And who you are changes depending upon your environment. That's one of the things about the store. Like since I've come back to the store, I, it's tightened me up. It's made me better coming mm -hmm. back to the store because mm -hmm. it's like being in that environment being in that pressure cooker around all these other creative people and everybody's constantly getting after it yeah no it's great it's a really good uh kind of artist colony at its best it, it can operate like that where yeah. you can just kind of run around. on its best like i remember nights where we would run in between rooms yeah. even before getting spots just to go see each you know each room different comedians you just kind of absorb it and watch it and get excited about yeah, it. yeah you could do three different sets in that place and have three different universes like you're in the belly room then you're in the main room then yeah. you're in the or that's three different worlds yeah they really are yeah mm -hmm. three completely different energies <clears throat> it changes people too like that's one of the reasons why kinnison became who he was because he was doing those late night spots he was doing those same spots that like holtzman gets those those late spots and he just had to capture people's attention so he'd just go out there screaming <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're really. He, I mean, he. You know, speaking of existing in context of it, yeah, he is the like that is a style that's just completely created from frustration. And yeah. Other other com other comedians create Sam Gennison. Other comedians and ex wives, you know, and ex wives. I mean, he he had like, I mean, everybody had ex wife jokes. You know, there was a lot of that. Take my wife, please. You know that kind of shit. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of wife jokes and ex-wife jokes, but Kennison, what he did was just just screaming. You know, it was just it was just raw. And you looked at him. This is a little fat balding guy, and you're like, oh yeah, he probably had a real rough time of it. Yeah. Well, you just believe his <laughs> hatred. You Remember believe that? it completely. Remember that video he was watching of <laughs> Sam Kennison? It was like really late night. And um, maybe it was like one o'clock in the morning. And he was like, "Every comment just gets worse. Oh, yeah. Every joke just gets worse." Yeah, I remember oh, that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he also came from a. He was a preacher, so he had this yeah. this ability to just rant and rave and project. And he knew the rhythm, and he knew the the fucking. He had this thing that he would do, that was very much like like a revival tent. Like one of those tent preachers. I remember watching him on uh, Married with Children with my dad. That's where I first saw him. Yeah, he was oh, brilliant wow. on there. Didn't, wasn't he on a show where he played like someone's conscience? Herman's head. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Him on the shoulder. Yeah. Damn, Jamie. How'd you pull that reference I out? I used to watch that show. Damn. <laughs> Herman's head. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. funny how you discover people. Like you, you see him on Married with Children and you're like, he shot a wall. What? <laughs> Yeah, he shot. They fucking fixed the the sign at the comedy store. I was so depressed when I came back. I'm like, oh, wait, you guys fixed the Kinnison hole? Why would you oh. fix the bullet hole? He shot. Shot a hole through the fucking sign in the the parking lot. You know that sign that's near the the back walkway, the one that you know in the corner. That, yeah, yeah, that he, there's a bullet hole in the back the, of that yeah. thing. They fixed it. Oh, it's not there anymore. They fixed it. Oh, why did he do it? Cause he's crazy. Oh. He had a gun. I think it was him and Dice were in some sort of a fight. He pulled out a gun and blam! He shot the sign. He tried to shoot Dice. I'm like, no. I think he just wanted Dice to know that he would shoot him. Oh. He's probably coked out of his this mind. This is an ex-preacher, by the way. Wrong show. Yeah. That, sounds <laughs> like, that sounds like the story. It wasn't Herman's head? No, it was not. That was on at the same time. The show was called Charlie Hoover. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, I remember him standing on a up. show. I remember the image yeah. of that. Yeah, he was like the, the yeah, devil sure, yeah. conscience type character, right? Is that what it was? I think it's, is that 
Tim Matheson is. The oh guy. wow! Look at that. Is it, and Tim Matheson's the guy from Animal House, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. I think why I confused it. Herman's head had four people in his head, and there's uh, four different actors. Uh, this is similar, okay. Whatever. Man, they don't even do shit like this no more. Yeah. <laughs> For good reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> There's a reason we're scrambling for the name. <laughs> look, at they have her, they have it's him nice. with Alex Jones. Look, look at those back to those images he just had. Go back uh, to the images. What? Scroll down. Scroll down. Oh. Look, Alex Jones is in the middle of that. That's not even <laughs> Kinnison. Wow. That's Alex. <laughs> wow. That's just someone's <laughs> comparison. <sighs> Kinnison has a that was a great headshot. The him screaming. From yeah. No, he was, uh, he's the guy that got me into comedy, really, in a lot of ways. Cocaine, mm-hmm. Sam Kinison, Family Entertainment Hour. Hmm. Yeah, he got me into comedy because I, I thought comedians were, <clears throat> I thought it was like people who go on the Tonight Show and they had their sleeves rolled up. You go, you ever notice? Here's a crazy thing, folks. Yeah. Like th- that, I enjoyed watching that, but it never seemed like me. I couldn't, I couldn't see myself doing it. Oh, it's, people gotta stop doing that. <laughs> They gotta stop doing it. <laughs> like, like, why are you doing a, your Tonight Show set and your Colbert's not even? They block. It's so fucking disrespectful. They block shoot these things. What these do you mean? like, like it's they'll do like ten comedians at a time, and he's not even there. And they like throw to it as if you know, like he's. The, it's the rudest thing I've ever heard. And the fact that comedians still go on the show and would still do it is insane to me. Wow, I didn't know that's that. A, that's insane to me. So how many do they do in a row? I, I heard like 10. I could get the number wrong, but he's not there. It's not, you know, you're just doing like this show in front of this audience in the studio. And, and he pretends to throw to you? Yeah, and, and you he know- throws to you like you're there, and it's like this thing that's like... It, there's he doesn't nothing, care? No, well, it's, again, man, like, but it's on. it's on us as much as it's like, you know, of course they're going to do that. They're going to do that to any, you know, any genre of entertainment that would allow such a thing to happen. They will do it to you. Right. But, you know, they're not going to do it. Rihanna's doing a. These these things are so contrived. Like, it's the same set. You come out in front of the same curtain. People put on the same outfit that they didn't wear yesterday and would never wear again tomorrow. And they come out and they pretend to be a comedian from 1993. <laughs> And it's like, what, who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you? What are you fucking doing? Damn. For a set to get passed around to a couple of agents that want to come see you. That you, who yeah. cares? I was talking to Theo Vaughn about this. We were talking. We were talking about like whether it's worth it being on one of those shows. No, now. no, it's never. Like, it's never notices. worth it. It's never worth it capturing yourself not as yourself. Right. It's a waste of your time. Used to be worth something. This is why it's confusing because there was no venues before. So when Johnny Carson would have you on the Tonight Show, yeah, yeah, no, and that was a listen. Yeah, it, it served its purpose. It was very important at yeah. the time. It was an outlet where there weren't a lot of outlets, and now those times. What are the gone. fuck are we doing? Yeah, like, especially unless it's like you know. With that said, you know, Kimmel built he <clears throat> built like a a club. Like to, and has like the audience travel from the studio to the club and the comedians would do it there and it's like oh that's like an effort you know what I mean like an effort to create like he has a, a space club? So, yeah it was like a space a separate studio that like you know I, I believe they're still doing it. I don't know if I've seen like a Kimmel set uh, wow. stand up set recently but 
Uh, but but th- there was like an effort, you know. I, I always really appreciated that about like like Kimmel, like you know, at least trying. Like I don't know, just try. There are too many options in, uh, for comedians to go through this same filter of capturing themselves uh, in a way that's not authentic to them. So you're saying that if I go on Colbert, I should do it with my shirt off. If you want to <laughs> have your shirt off, if it has a purpose, you yeah. know what I mean. Like oh. like you should. You should do, do it, it how like you, you would do a regular set in the belly room. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. me. I'm like, all right, well, cool. well, I mean, because it's like, you know, if stand up is art, right? If it's if it's art, if it is an art form, then it's supposed to be like the medium is supposed to come to the artist, unique to you, not the other way around, right? You right. know, because yeah. even even on those same shows. You know, if you see a live music performance, like the staging's different, it's specific mm-hmm. to the audience. You know, in, in the context of a show and a live production and you have this space, they fill it in the way that makes sense to the artist. Yeah. And then it's like <laughs> stand up. And it's just yeah. like you could just go through a slideshow of just the exact same thing. You know, like it's, yeah. it's. Well, I guess when a musical artist gets on Colbert, one of those shows, they're already kind of famous, right? They already have an album out. And when a stand-up gets on those shows, they're trying to get trying seen. To like maybe you don't have a special yet. Maybe you just you showcased and they picked a few people. You've done any of it yet? I don't yeah. do any of those. Uh, a specific I, reason? Yeah, I, I, I remember. Once, never liked it. I remember mm-hmm. one time, like uh, I. I I was gonna do Letterman while Letterman was on Letterman, and I remember like sending a a, a set in or whatever, and uh, they responded was like, "Okay, you know, we could do it, but could uh, he do his jokes in a more traditional setup punchline format?" And I remember just like emailing back, "Like, I, I'll just do it when I'm famous." <laughs> <laughs> when I'm just not going to listen to this bullshit note. People, they change. That's the other thing. They change. Your set. Again, compare yourself to a musician. Yeah. Imagine you're a musician going on, and they're like, we like this song, but could the bridge come first? Right. And then you do the, you would be like, go fuck yourself. Right. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and they, comedians allow, like. You can't say Pop-Tart. If you say Pop-Tart, we're yeah, going to get sued. Exactly. Comedians so. allow a lot of shit. Yeah. Say pastry? Can you say pastry? Like, but that doesn't make any sense. Well, we're uh, just trying to hit the road, right? Toaster strudel is a sponsor. <laughs> what, what's we're that? just trying to hit the road, right? No, man, do you, man? <laughs> no, I get Enjoy it. Enjoy yourself. I, I wouldn't do it even back in the day. It didn't make any sense to me. They would go, you should put together a five-minute set for The Tonight Show. And I'd be like, I don't want to do it. And they were like, you should do it. Like, it's, it's good exposure. This is like the fucking 90s, right? When it actually probably meant something. I was like, I don't. I don't see it happening. You're, you're I'm not doing gay. it. It's, just, <laughs> it would, it's it's not stand up. You're 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 taking a little piece of a stand up. Like a short set is 15 minutes, and in 15 minutes I might cover two concepts. You know, because yeah. I, I need time. Yeah. I, I go over things. Like I get thorough. If I'm if I'm talking about a subject, I get involved in that subject. I wanna I wanna bring people on a journey, and I also want to be able to set them up. I want to be able to explain. How I think about things so that by the time I get to something controversial, they already have a sense of how I approach things. Mm-hmm. You can't do that in five minutes. In five minutes, you just got to just get into it. Yeah. And it's it's a, a, a very condensed, homogenized version of who you really are. Man, just do a, just do a late night spot with a five-minute setup, then leave. 
<laughs> just a setup. Yeah, just a setup just and a setup. shake. Yeah. I, I remember <laughs> I saw Louis do one. Louis C.K. did one. One of those Letterman or Tonight Show or something like that. And I was like, God, like he sh shouldn't even do this because it's <laughs> it's not it's such a not a good representation of what he's capable of. Well, some people are like Jerry Seinfeld should do yeah that he, he could should do absolutely yeah. do that yeah he could do like it. when he does yeah. and he he does I love Jerry's uh like Tonight Show sets yeah and his like what like his makes sense yeah it makes sense it yeah. makes sense it's like perfect for it and it's like it translates very very well but when i watch those shows today i'm like why are they still a thing when i see a late night show and no disrespect to anybody who hosts a late night show but to me it's like it's like they took a boat and tried to turn it into a plane Ooh. And they're like hey welcome it's 2018 but let's pretend it's not yeah. You know, we'll be right back with a commercial. Hey, we're going to have commercials. We're going <laughs> to shove commercials into things. But today, everybody watches HBO and Netflix. Like, what am I yeah. doing here? Sitting through I, a fucking commercial. I, I, <laughs> I get, I, I'm, it may be weird. I, like, because I actually, I enjoy advertising. You do? Yeah, yeah. I, I like a lot. I'll stare at, like, at billboards. I watch commercials. I watch like all because I I do think it it speaks to what uh like America thinks we are mm. <laughs> as a culture right. you, you know what I mean like it speaks to what they think is right. going think is, is appealing work. and what they think is going to work and so in a sense it's like like in a way in the same sense like you can gauge a lot from a person by the types of questions they ask you. You know, mm. like you gauge a lot from like even a climate by the type of commercials what they feel is. Because they're trying to appeal to everybody, so this right. is what they're saying. This is what we think everybody is thinking right now. Yeah, you know, or yeah. how everyone feels, or what they want. And uh, like, but I, I love, uh, like, I'll watch it. And even like the Tonight Show and those, um, these things. I mean, look, you know, anything in function at its best is fun. It, it's just, you know, the where it hits a wall, and it's what we're saying about comedy, and what we're saying about a lot of things is like when a thing tries to be something that it's not. Right. You know, when it feels like they're, they're just these late night shows when they're just doing fun things that they think are fun and interesting. I love, you know, Kimmel always every year does like the parents that tell the kids that no Halloween that they ate all the Halloween candy yeah. and the kids' reactions and stuff like I eat that stuff up. I love that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, so, those sketches but, are fun. But, but like, when it, you know, when shows pretend to be, you know, 1989, it's just like when comedians pretend to be of a different era or pretend to, it, it just feels false. And I think that's where you check out. Yeah. It's just unnecessary at this point, you know, because of the Internet, you, you, you just have too many other venues. Yeah, well, you, it's a lot of options. Yeah. A lot of options, yeah. And the event, like, watching things on the internet is so much more satisfying. It's like watching a comic on a podcast, you're going to get a chan chance to see who the fuck they really are. Yeah. Instead of some weird set in front of some audience that got shipped in from Burbank and they got applause signs and everything. Those, <laughs> it's it's very surreal yeah. when you go to a live taping and you watch that. It's really surreal. Oh, it's very, like, <laughs> and I'll sit, I, I, I have, like, you know, it's always I have <laughs> like weird uh, late night thing because I I like I'm bad at being like the you know celebrity type of thing. Like I'm just in it and just like looking at right. it. And when the crowd is giving an unnatural reaction, 
to things is just like, what do you? Right, I'm, you're too I'm, introspective. I'm, you're not gonna just dive into yeah, the I'm, fakeness. I'm like, hey, no, but hey, bro, <laughs> what are we doing? For real, what is this? What What is this? Like, yeah. what do you? Is this rewarding for you? <laughs> <laughs> applause side, everybody. Yeah, applause, yeah, like, is applause. This, what, are, what are we doing? Let's like, clap like, our way stop. through the uncomfortable moment. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. We'll be right back. Dear we'll be right God. back. Thank you. We'll be right back. That we'll be right back shit. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what is that? Yeah. Where are you going? You promise. Stay put. <laughs> Can you just shove those about. commercials in later? Let's just keep rolling. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? We'll be right back. It's, it's strange, man. The advertising model of shoving an ad in every 15 minutes to shoving a series of ads in. Yeah. How the fuck did they ever do that? Like, how? Well, I mean, look, you know, it's weird. The, the unfortunate reality, or fortunate reality, I guess, depends on, you know, what company you work for, is, uh, I mean, that's, it's an advertiser's medium, right? Yeah. And everything, they'll, they'll find a way to put the commercials, even with the internet, you know, like, <laughs> Yeah, YouTube it, becomes traditional television. Those, <laughs> like they all bit, just the internet commercials are longer than the TV commercials. They be two minutes. You can skip them. Do you get two minute ones now? Don't they got like don't they got like minute two oh, minute yeah. like I see minute oh, ones? You know, I get excited when I see a fifteen second one. It's like oh like, man, yeah. we're, so we're gonna uh, I just sit here, gonna sit through Ron Howard's masterclass again, huh? <laughs> but do even sometimes you'd be like, damn, this is too long. Even if it's fifteen seconds, yeah. like. <laughs> Yeah, well, you'll I, mute it. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes I'm, I'm looking up commercials and I hate having to watch a commercial to watch a commercial. Or like some type of, th you know what I mean? Like yeah. some type of, ad or like a trailer to something. I'm like, oh, I, now I have to sit through this trailer to watch the trailer. That it I'm is true on. that a commercial does kind of show you what, what they think the culture is about right now. Yeah. Yeah, what they think people are interested in right now. Yeah. Like what, what a, a, a real manipulative mainstream version of what the That's average what we think American is. They yeah. think we depressed, too. Well, a lot of people are. You're not depressed. No, I'm good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Handsome bastard. Beautiful body going on stage shirtless. You're not depressed. But I, some people are. You know, a lot of people are. Like, What percentage do you think? I mean, it's probably more than 20% of Americans are depressed. Yeah. Let's just take a guess. Or maybe some Let's version. see what a, what a recent poll shows. It's not going to give us a real good idea, but... I'll say 20%. 20% of Americans suffer from depression. What do you think? A form of depression. Are we saying specifically depression? Or are we saying like mental? Not illness. Yeah, because. Uh, it, depression. It, it's How just, do you define? Yeah. Yeah. Because what? I'm just saying it, it's the reason it's hard to quantify is because it's like. It also is a thing that comes in phases or post event, yeah. like specific, like depression. You know what I mean? That's why I'm just wondering how we're. And I, I can't believe it's not as easy as man. Get over that shit. <laughs> like I can't believe it's not. <laughs> but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's that's it, how I get over it, shit. Well, <laughs> like, fuck it. Right? No, but you know, some, some people, people have real some people, issues. Yeah, exactly. It, like it's hard yeah. to like. It's like, wow, you got a cancer. Get over it. <laughs> Like man, come on, we man. Gonna I'm all down. Oh, you mean? But you mean? <laughs> so it, got a tumor. You mean like specifically like event-based thing? Like if something has happened that sparks like sadness? I don't yeah, think so. I forget that there's more than one reason to be depressed. <laughs> like, 
You know, I'm like, oh, 6.7%. Well, 16.2 huh. million adults in the United States, equaling 6.7% of all adults in the country, have experienced a major depressive episode in the last year. 10.3 million U.S. adults experienced an episode that resulted in severe impairment in the last year. Wow. 50% of all people diagnosed with depression are also diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. It's estimated that 15% of the adult population will experience depression at some point in their lifetime. Well, yeah, like post. But what does that mean, though? Like if your dog dies, what does that mean? You lose a job, girlfriend breaks up with you? Kind of, that... yeah, yeah. Like post event. I, I mean, like... I, I went through, I remember going through like a real kind of dark period after losing a friend. Like it happened twice of just yeah. like, and and I'm very much so, I, I get the Jamar mentality of just like, oh, no, nigga, just get over that shit. But like, it, <laughs> but is that it, sadness but, but, or is but, that depression? Uh, Right. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know clinically as, like where the line is. As humans, like, isn't it just highs and lows? Highs and lows. Deal with this. Don't deal with you know. Deal with that. Deal with the happiness. Deal with the like. It's yeah, not. But it's, it's not like, like that. It's, it's highs and lows, but it's just your expectation of what the next phase is. Like yeah, yeah. your expectation. Like it's all. There's also legitimate issues that people have, like with mental problems. Their brain doesn't produce enough yeah. hormones. Yeah. So there's there's it's people legit. that have oh. re re legit serotonin and dopamine yeah. issues. Oh. Jamar just, <laughs> I'm so ignorant. Jamar just I'm on like, a suicide hotline. Like, look, yeah. nigga, get, I over said, get over that shit. <laughs> nigga, get some ice cream. <laughs> like, go outside. Like, <laughs> don't you have friends? Oh. The sun is out, though. Oh, you don't have friends. Oh, your friend fucked your wife. Oh, like, uh, like, oh they committed suicide, too? Oh, <laughs> and your friend was also your boss. Oh. So now you're fired and you don't got a wife. Okay. And your dog's gone. Where's your dog? Oh, your friend took your dog. This will be my favorite episode of Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, some people have it rough, man. Some people's, you know, some like some people have leukemia. Some people have oh, genetic disorders. Some people's brains don't work right, and for whatever reason, whether it's nature or nurture, there's something going on that's real bad, and yeah. they're just yeah. they're in a hole. Ari described it really well. He did a podcast recently with me, and he talked about he went through a serious depression episode where he was suicidal, and he his brain was just the way he described it is like it was broken, and I had to get it fixed. And he started off on medication, then weaned himself off on medication. But when he was mm -hmm. on the medication, it's also when his career took off, and when his career took off, I mean, it alleviated a lot of the the what a lot of his issues were was also just like an unfulfilled life frustration expectation unrealized and then on top of that compounded there was like legit mental issues yeah that were bothering him i i guess i was just unclear on like what depression actually is like i'm like because now as you say that stuff i'm like hmm maybe i have felt that <laughs> well <laughs> like, definitely everybody feels highs and lows yeah You're right about that you're for sure right about that. But you also exercise a lot, and I think that probably helps. Yeah, I'm yeah, just souping myself up in my head and shit. Well, no, exercising just releases, releases a lot of the bullshit that people carry around. A lot of the, the what makes people feel terrible is that their body is, is fighting against their brain. Their body holds in so much tension and... They're, they're so fucked up, and they never get a, an endorphin release, and their body's like an overflowing battery, like oozing out of the sides. You know, I was, and I always, like, people don't meditate. Like, that don't work for people. Like, that shit works. That shit kills it for me. I don't know. How often do you meditate? Shit, like, every day. Like How much time? 
20 minutes. Oh, that's good, man. Look, that is a beautiful thing. If you could force that into your schedule and, and make sure that that's a part of your life. I got it from Seinfeld and Oprah right now. Like, TM? Do you do TM? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Like, yeah, no, it's, I mean. Doesn't it activate something that yeah, all humans no, that, have, which mm-hmm. is like. So we're supposed to kind of do that, though. Anyway, well, it allows right? you reflection. And also what I think it does, one of the really good things that meditation does is it stops momentum. Because there's like a momentum of shitty thoughts and bad ideas and bad decisions and just anxiety and all these issues that could fucking just accumulate inside your consciousness. Yeah. And they never, when unaddressed, they continue to like push at you from the back. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're just mm-hmm. constantly in the state of momentum of all the bullshit that's going on. But if you have a time for real reflection and just pause, even if you're just concentrating only on your breath, it seems to stop that momentum and give you a chance at like a renewed perspective. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But That's great. Remember that time I had a spiritual awakening in your house? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <I remember laughs> spiritual awakening in his house. That what lot. happened? What was it about? <laughs> I uh, just hit him one day. Like, I was watching, I was watching like a Seinfeld interview or something. He was like, "Yeah, I do it twice a day and something." I was like, "Man, let me see." So I went down. I used to live with him, so I used, I went downstairs in my room and I meditated. And I came back upstairs and I was like, he was sitting on the couch and I was like, <sighs> I was like, Gerard, <sighs> nigga, <laughs> I just had an awakening. He was like, "What happened?" <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, man. But the first, the first message I got was, uh, "You can't save the world, but you can help." <sighs> he was like, "Okay." <laughs> and I was like, All right, I'm gonna go back down to my room. Yeah. <laughs> so when you do it, what's your process? Like, what is what? What? How exactly do you practice TM? I uh, I sit there, cross my legs, uh, in through the nose, out the mouth, in through the nose, out the mouth, till you get into the state. What? Mm-hmm. Also, though, has the ability to completely clear his mind. Like, he's one of those people that uh, it, it takes me anywhere from 20 minutes to, like, an hour to fall asleep. You know, like, even if tired, it's still like, all right, there's a mo Jamar could immediately, like, immediately just like, all right, oh, being awake is over? All right, and then just fall asleep, like, instantaneously. He can clear his head really quickly and like know. like focus on one thing you got a, it, a high level it, of i don't give a fuck yeah it's a very high level i think of, i'm numb dry yeah no you are you are so <laughs> congrats bro so you go in through the nose out through the mouth and what are you thinking when you're doing that uh nothing nothing just are you thinking about the breathing i'm I, well i think about nothing and then if i have a task or something like if i'd be like you could do affirmations you know, like if you be mm-hmm. like, "Hey, man, I want to, <laughs> I want to be great on stage tonight," <laughs> or right. I want to, or I want to, I want to get this writing done, or I want to, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Or you can hype yourself up and shit like that. Like it, it, it um, it, your intention. It's it's just that whatever intention that you want to do, you know what I'm saying? You set that. Hey, I want to, you know whatever the fuck, and mm-hmm. then it'll be easier to complete that task. For me, I have ADD. I'm bad. At um, focusing on things, but that really helps me focus. You have ADD, but you don't have a problem meditating. Yeah, because because it's the lazy. It's it, I'm really good at being lazy, and it's kind of lazy to uh, like to like meditate meditating is kind of like all you it's, gotta do is sit it's a there. Chill thing. You like chill. You're not activities. moving. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just sit there and fucking zone out and shit. Yeah. Like, if you like mushrooms and all that shit, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? This shit is perfect for you. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. it's getting high off your own DMT. That's what it is. It's just your own DMT, mm. the spirit molecule, all that shit. I don't know if it's that. Because you you're not tripping, right? It is. It's a, it's yeah. a, it's, it's kind of, you ever do it right? Uh, no. I, I, I've gone through phases where I've, like, tried meditation. I, I shower for an hour, 15 minutes. So that's kind of, you, you kind of zen there, already, though. Just kind of walk around and think. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of, you know, I don't know. I, I, I've tried it, but it's not you really my Oh, thing. but you work out, though, and it's, you know those endorphins that mm-hmm. you really, you can just do that. You can also do that by just sitting there and just breathing and, you know, focusing on the breath. And then all of a sudden your mind starts going into an altered state and then you'll start. Yeah, I meditate. I just don't meditate every day. But uh, I definitely feel it. I think exercise does that, especially cardio and especially yoga. Something yeah. about yoga classes that just forces you into this state of mind where you just are, you're only concentrating on the movements that you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And so if you could clear your head and stay focused on the movements and not delve into you know your bank account or your fucking credit card debt or what's wrong with your car or what other bullshit you have bouncing around your head, mm-hmm. if you could just take the time to concentrate only on the yoga it has this like uh cleansing effect yeah it really make you be like hey man fuck that shit yeah fuck that shit <laughs> most things most things are not worth freaking out about most the vast majority a good question i remember reading is uh just ask yourself what problems do i have right now mm. but uh, genuinely like problems and the answer may not always be zero but it's usually surprisingly small when you think about like the immediate, you know, not the, you know, the base level of Maslow's hierarchy, right? <laughs> you know, like like if that's taken care of, usually it's like, oh, I don't, re-, you know, there are things that are ongoing things to figure out, but like things that you could define as like a problem, and then just kind of staying in that space yeah. of like, you know, like a control. real issue. Like, what's a real issue? Well, where there's yeah. like immediacy, like you know, and and when when there are real problems, you know, a lot of times you you handle it well, like it, instinctually the things like a lot of times people get calm in like those intense situations. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like they can handle like real problems. It's the anticipation of problems and the anticipation of solutions that that's what mm-hmm. drives you crazy. That's a very good point. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, a lot of times real problems, they also sort of enlighten you to the fact that most of the time you, your problems are bullshit you know you break yeah. your leg you go oh this is yeah real. That's, that's an immediate yeah yeah, yeah 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 and so just staying in the space of like you know all right i can you're in a control center you got you know you know what else what helps me is uh b- like because yoga is hard to do doing things that are difficult to do make things easier Make other things easier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Working out hard workouts make other things easier. Yep. Like yeah. Running hills, kickboxing, anything that's well, it gives brutal. context. It yeah. gives context to everything. Yeah. Growing up in the hood makes Hollywood interactions easy. Yes. <laughs> there you go. You know what I'm I mean? Sure. Like it, it, it gives context to everything else you're doing. Yeah. What is the struggle? Yeah. yeah. It's like well, it's like you know. So by the time you get on stage, you're like, well, my body thought it was going to die this morning. Yeah. <laughs> and it didn't. Yeah. So this is fine. Yeah. And now this yeah. tag doesn't work. Do you, know, <laughs> do you guys know very many people who do jujitsu? 
No. Uh, and by very many, I mean uh, you. <laughs> yeah. They're the that's, most, that's a, <laughs> most chill people ever because they're getting choked all the time. They're, they're fighting for their life every day, so they're yeah. so they're so mellow. Yeah, they the, used to train if, killers trying to break their arms. If the experience yeah. is not that, then yeah. we're cool. Then it's like whatever, man. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. I'm not worried about it that much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we you know the world's pretty soft right now. It's, it's it's easy to get upset about nonsense if nonsense is the only thing that you have that's a difficulty in your life. Well, it's that and it's perspective. Uh, the reward for complaints. Mm. Uh, it, it's like a culture that's where we are rewarded for publicly, you know, yeah, for having a public complaint. What you mean? Um, well, rewarded in the sense of like, you know, you get, a, you can get attention for, you can get attention for, like, mm. and, and but I'm just saying by publicly airing, uh, you know. Agreements about a project, and I'm speaking especially specifically about how we respond to content. Is just like like uh, by publicly saying this, you can speak to your respective group, and oh. you have an immediate reward for it. Mm. So yeah. it's like you know, it's like I don't even know if we're more sensitive. We're just more outspoken about you know things. Well, because we have an definitely outlet, more man. outraged. They're looking to get outraged. That's that's a really common thing now that just didn't exist a few decades ago. But I don't even ago. think it's I, I don't even think it's outrage. You know what I mean? Like I, I really don't think it's outrage as much as it because outrage. We've seen what outrage looks like at the when at the peak of uh, like the Black Lives Matter movement was where people at a core black people outraged. Yeah, but that's in real. the streets. But that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but that's what right. that's what outrage mm-hmm. is. And I don't want to confuse that with like, you recreational know, outrage. recreational outrage. Yeah. Right. And it's really important to, uh, to draw that distinction. Right. right? And so it's like it, it, it's again, people are vocal about things. Some issues real. A lot of things we start getting upset about. They're like certain. We get upset about certain cultural appropriation things of the week because mm-hmm. it's a sushi restaurant on a college campus. Right. right <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, mm-hmm. like we we get caught up in those things, but in, and not focus on, you know, like it, I don't know. It's like real outrage is the thing that corporations are afraid of isn't outrage. It's trending. You don't want to trend negatively for right. like whatever period of time. When when people are upset with you and that you've done something genuinely wrong, they'll show it beyond. It will extend if it beyond makes sense. that if yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think that a lot of what outrage is is like a comedian trying out jokes. You know, you try out jokes and thirty percent of them are just straight bullshit. <laughs> they, just, yeah. they just don't yeah. fucking work, man. You try them, they they stumble out. You gave it a shot, or you'll ad lib something in the moment on stage, and even after you say, you're like, "What the fuck did what? I just say?" Yeah, <laughs> I think there's some of that that people are trying to call. Like I was reading this article the other day about some woman who's saying that yoga is supporting white supremacy because <laughs> yoga is it was the dumbest shit ever. Some Indian lady. Mm-hmm. She was saying the cultural appropriation of yoga by white people is supporting white supremacy. And, uh, it, you know, it's really funny. What are we doing? Exactly. What the fuck are we doing? But that's what she did is she tried a bad joke. You know, she, yeah. she's a, she works on a, she's a professor mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. some bullshit college where they're just 
just drowning in liberal arts and she just figured out a way to say something outrageous that she thought made sense in her own weird bubble but this got published in a newspaper and then the whole world went just collectively what the fuck are you talking about Damn. yeah but that's yeah. what it's like it's like you or i trying a bit late night at the store you do it you just just riff something and it just goes into a corner and just gets stuck mm-hmm. <laughs> like one of them Roomba vacuum cleaner things just bouncing off the wall like this is not working yeah I gotta bail out of this <laughs> yeah yeah no but it's funny because it is like yeah people's re- it's it creative outrage about- it's a creative for- she's like she tried to That's make funny. outrage where it didn't exist <laughs> and sometimes it catches right like hoop earrings White girls can't wear hoop earrings anymore. White girls are scared to wear hoop earrings because they're getting called out for cultural appropriation by, which is hilarious, by Latina chicks. Uh This is particularly Latina chicks are saying, and it's just all social justice warrior bullshit. But what's really funny is, so I had a, because I'm an asshole, I had to Google it. Well, who the fuck invented earrings? The Sumerians. The the oldest version of hoop earrings is from 2500 BC from Iraq. So Iraqis are the only ones who really can claim cultural appropriation on people wearing hoop earrings, wow. not Mexicans. So Mexicans, settle down. <laughs> Leave those white girls alone because you stole it too. I, it, it's, I thought that was black girl shit. Maybe. It's everybody's shit. I don't know. Fucking earrings. It's like who invented pants? You're culturally appropriating. You're wearing pants. Who invented pants? You're on a Korean phone bitching about people doing yoga. The oh, fuck man. are you talking about? Man, the internet goes deep. It's crazy. People are losing their mind. They're looking for things to get outraged at, and so they're, they're trying jokes. They're taking swings. You know, they're trying. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. throwing pitches out there. You know, they're yeah. spitballing. Well, I mean, and eventually if it's like if you, you're going to run out of ways to approach it you yeah. know what i mean like you run out of run out of places to to stab the thing well they try you know some I mean? that don't stick or some stick for like a couple of days like you remember bossy they were trying to say you can't no. say bossy no why why you can't call girls bossy it's sexist Call girls bossy don't call them bossy it's sexy there was a thing uh. where they were trying to stop the use of the word or the phrase bossy they were saying bossy sexist yeah, see, but like like yeah. Can I ask a question? Where did uh when when did uh when did cunt become a bad word? It depends on who's like, house. Like what what is <laughs> well, if You're in England, man. They don't give a fuck. Is that a really? I don't, think I, I don't think I heard the heard it used until like I mean nobody I didn't grow up around it. I didn't hear people saying it. So I don't even think I heard it used until like I mean, I was probably out, 18. That yeah, sounds like a Hollywood here. bad yeah, word. Yeah, like, yeah. like a Hollywood bad word, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a word that when you used it, you fucking really were angry. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I don't know where it came from. It's like the new bitch. It's not new. I mean, it was around a long, it's been around since I was in high school. But you called someone a cunt in high school, I mean, you were ready to fight her brother. Like, oh, wow. Shit would get deep. You couldn't say cunt. You could say bitch. You're a fucking bitch. Fuck you. You're a loser. You know, like yeah. You're a cunt. Oh, like hmm. people would wi- they would wilt. Wow. They'd be like, "What the fuck did you just say?" Ask. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, yeah, I, I didn't hear it a lot at all. Yeah. It, and I could never imagine myself casually calling somebody a cunt. But if you lived in England, you could. <laughs> Yeah, or especially if you lived in Australia, they they call someone a good cunt. Hey, he's a good cunt. Oh, so it's a nice word. Then. Yeah, he's like he's a he's a he's a good dude. Huh. He's a good cunt. 
Like people have uh, my friend uh, Israel Adesanya, a style bender. He wears a shirt that says "Good Cunt," and he just wanders around. He's from New Zealand. He's, they don't. Yeah. People, they think people it's get funny. Upset. People get upset about it. He's a savage. You better be careful. <laughs> get upset with him. <laughs> he's, he's, just, he's, he's a UFC a fighter. Oh, but, okay. All right. Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, he's he's from another country. It it means a different thing in New Zealand. If you say cunt in New Zealand, it's uh, it's like I mean, what's the equivalent? What would be equivalent of cunt the way they say it? I, good dude. He's a fu- good fucker. He's a he's a cool motherfucker. He's a good cunt. Were you asking because See, there it's he like is. a... <laughs> There's style bender. <laughs> <laughs> he wears that everywhere. Oh, no one says shit. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But they sell those well, shirts. Good cunt. Huh. I don't know. <laughs> Why were you asking, like, Jim? Fuck censorship. Like... Hashtag fuck censorship. Hashtag make cunt great again. This is going off of it. Well, I was going to say, is it is it that... uh, But just like people's reaction to it just kind of bothers yeah. you? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, that's a, it's a terrible bad, not a terrible bad word. Like that word sucks. Like you know, it ain't. It's, oh, it's no not, motherfucker. It's, you don't like it. You don't think more it's fun to say. You know, rhythmically, it's just trash. It's like, God. Mm. but mm. I, I was going off of what we were talking about earlier. Like, Interesting oh, shit, mm. trash. I don't know. If you went to Australia though, they they would say it so many times it would just slip in. Yeah, it just gets normal. Yeah, I guess. It, yeah, it is just it's this one syllable like. It means dude over there sometimes. Like, and this fucking cunt, he goes over there, and they'll they'll start talking about it. Like this fucking dude, they'll they literally say it in the same way you would say this fucking guy. Uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a different thing. Yeah. I mean, look, they're all just sounds that convey expression. And the real problem is when you demonize one. You say, you know, you can't say the c word anymore. Don't say the c word. Well, yeah, I mean. Again, it's just like I just want us to have like adult arguments. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, it's hard to but, have adult arguments if you for, forbidden words. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. because that's like the the shit that your sister got mad at you about growing up. Right. You called me. Th- you know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. It is kind of like uh, that's the thing. It's. Uh, I mean, you were saying intention earlier, but I mean, it's always like intention. Like, what do you mean by? I get in. I get in like these types of. My mom. Is, Southern Christian woman in any curse word that I say, any curse word is very she she doesn't she doesn't like it and I I curse around all the time. It's <laughs> <laughs> I, I always do just because it, we get into the argument while simultaneously respecting you know her views and beliefs. It's also like you know these cuss words redid your fucking kitchen, lady. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just wanted to like. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I love her. I love watching her like react to it. Like right. it's like uh, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because just like oh, this through the filter of you, like really, you know. See, I grew up non-suppressed. My parents were hippies, and they didn't give a shit what we said. We just do, we get, I couldn't really say it at school, mm-hmm. but you know there was no like language restrictions in my house. I'd be allowed to say anything. That's great. Mm. It was weird. That's great. You know, like, my friends would come over to the house. Did you just say fuck in front of your mom? I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I used to, you were, I, I, uh, did you grow up around people that like used to just talk shit back to their mom? 
It was so like it. it, it oh, was, I never did that. It, it, no, it was fun to watch. I had <laughs> oh, a, I had a friend, <laughs> my friend Alex. <laughs> my friend Alex is still one of my my favorite moments of life. It's just like we. Came, I came to this house after school, and his mom's name is uh, Patricia, and she was just like. Al, take out the garbage. He was like, go to hell, Pat. was <laughs> his response. He calls mom Pat? Yeah, he called his mom Pat. And it Whoa. just, I, like, I, my mind was blown. Just to, like, <laughs> he told his mom to go to hell. He called it was, Pat. like, amazing. And she just argued back. Like, it wow. was, like, uh, yeah, that was so. Single mom or was the dad around? Uh, he knows that, but it wasn't around. Like, yeah, he lived single separately. Mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it that's was always so free and deal. amazing. It was amazing. That's a struggle to who's the man. When did you start cussing around your mom? Um, Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a few hours. <laughs> no, I, I probably started, uh, I mean, I moved out when I was a teenager. So I, I probably, I mean, she's heard me say it kind of throughout. But just, in con- like, not stopping it in conversation. It's been years. I mean, I just always oh, just kind of flow. I'm low-key still afraid to cuss in front of my mom. Yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> I cuss a lot. I cuss in front of my mom. I cuss in front of my niece and nephew. Just how old are they? Well, all of my niece. I, I have a uh, an eleven year old niece, a nine year old nephew, uh, a couple two year old twins, a three year old niece. Like just, and I am myself <laughs> and speak exactly how I normally speak around them. You're an adult longer than you're a kid, right? You know, and so it's just like, I, why am I going to pretend the world sounds different? Look, I, I'm with you. But and, and for like who's, it, whose kids are they? Your brothers or your sisters? Yeah, my brother, your brothers. brother and sister. And yeah. everybody cool with that, or they give, get upset? Uh, they. I mean, they go like, oh, come on, sometimes. <laughs> but it's also they get it. They right. my, my brother. They they're very understand. While they they get it, they get that it's just like. It's how people talk <laughs> it's in how, the real world. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I think that's important. Again, like you don't want to. That's. The thing, man, just like well, that's how you know you fucked up if you're at a job where not only can you not swear, but you can't swear off job with the people you work with, or they'll tell, or they'll get yeah, you can get in trouble. Yeah, if there's certain jobs where people have where they they got off work and they went out with some coworkers Mm -hmm. and they told a dirty joke or started talking shit, like that'll get back to human resources and they'll be fired. Bosses That's are now thing. following their employees online and shit, like Twitter. Did you see that girl that got fired from NASA? Fucking hilarious. <laughs> she got fired from NASA yesterday. Oh, yeah. Then she She's like, like holy like... fuck, I got a job at NASA. And some guy tweeted her. He said, language. And she said, suck my dick and balls. I work at NASA. Yeah. And he said, yeah, and I am, you know, one of the people that oversees something at NASA. And then that was oh, it. What? Yeah, she was about to be an astronaut. Well, she was about to be an intern working at NASA. And oh. she was, like, here it is. Everyone shut the fuck up. I got accepted for a NASA internship. And look, he writes language. She says, suck my dick and balls. I'm working at NASA. <laughs> and he says, and I'm on the National Space Council that oversees NASA. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, how dear. How dear you, Homer Hickman. First of all, that shit is funny. Suck my dick and balls. Second of all, and it's a girl. Second of all, we didn't even go to the fucking moon. (laughs) You don't think we went to the moon? I saw you talking about that. Yeah, no, I, 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 look, I, I could, I could be convinced. You know, I was convinced that we didn't for a long time. Now I'm convinced. I have no fucking idea. Yeah, I don't really. It's I, I. Don't think we went to the moon. Just what makes you think off that? of base? It's not rooted in science. 
how much how much have you really paid attention to it? Because I went down the rabbit hole I, for I go, many, many years. I go off kind of like it's always like the social kind of where there's smoke, there's fire type mm-hmm. clues of just like, you know, us being in a race and no countries coming second. Right. Uh us, you know, other space programs not catching up to nineteen what sixty nine. Nineteen sixty nine and nineteen seventy two. Uh American technology. Right. You know what I mean? Like uh uh, every time we went was under the Nixon administration. That's a good one. Uh, th- yeah. These types of little things that just make you go, eh, no, probably. Like, it, it, Did you ever not watch, like a flat earther, but it's just like, watch the press conference? You ever watched the press conference when they returned from the moon? Uh, no, wait. What, what's oh, the, you haven't what's seen the, clue? the good stuff. What's the clue in there? The, or what's the they suspicious look, thing? They look super depressed. They look uh, super deceptive. They look fidgety. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're, they're talking weird and they're saying shit that they refute later. One of the things they said, Michael Collins, who's actually never... He's supposed to be in... He never landed on the surface of the moon. Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong did. He stayed up in the orbiter. And uh, they were they were asking about stars, mm-hmm. and he said, um, uh, "I don't recall seeing any stars." And then years later, he wrote in his book about how magnificent the stars looked. Mm. There's a lot of that shit. Oh, wow. But the press conference itself, if you want, and this doesn't mean anything. I'm not a cop, but if I was a cop and I was interviewing them, I'd be like, "These motherfuckers are guilty. Something is wrong here. Like they they seem like guilty people." Yeah. And you could look. You, you know, could say, "Hey." Man, they were probably psychologically distressed. They were probably dealing with the, the, the pressure of having come back from the moon and all this fame that they had never experienced their whole life. They're, not, they're, they're astronauts. They're scientists. And now all of a sudden they're standing in front of all these people and everyone's asking them questions and they feel super nervous. But it's like, nah, these dude, niggas was lying. I mean, Let me tell you, everybody, my favorite thing is when you, when, because uh, I'll say it very casually, and people become like, you know, Patriots and rocket scientists yeah. want to yep. tell you like how we went. I'm like, you don't know either. Well, all this he, we shit is bullshit because it wasn't you and it wasn't me. So yeah, let's stop with that. Also, it, we probably lied about it, and we lie better than any other country on earth. And I'm proud of that. There's a lot of weird shit with the fit, video footage. There's a lot of footage where it looks like they're on wires or they're like dangling from wires, and they they bounce back up from their feet in this weird way. It looks like they're being yanked up from the ground. There's, uh, yeah, there's a mean, video where it looks like they're on trampolines. There's a, if you Google <laughs> astronauts on trampolines. No, I'm not even kidding. It just, just looks like they're... I actually put it up. It's a video that I found. Uh, Google astronauts on trampolines. There's a video on YouTube. And you, you're watching them bounce around. You're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You guys are on the fucking moon, and you're hiding behind the lunar module. Like You can't see their feet. You can't see how they're doing this. But it looks like either they're bouncing on something or they're being yanked up in the air. Or it's one sixth gravity and it just has a weird effect on people. But look at this. Watch this. Uh, like, how strange is this? See, look, he just lands. But doesn't I mean even the way he's he's moving? It's like he's being dangled. It's very strange. Yeah. You see him bouncing around. But yeah. that also could just be... All the stuff we did at... The, we were, like, playing golf and bouncing around. Like, the moon landing set was built by the people who made Discovery Zone. But it also could be he's, just... He's this like, is, slides. Look, he fell. <laughs> Boom. Look, he just fell. <laughs> he just jumped up and fell. That's so strange. But it also could be this is just what your body does at one-sixth Earth's gravity. You know? There's a whole bunch yeah, of... Yeah, I don't know. You know what? I'm excited to see... Yeah. Uh, this one's weird, too. Someone else going back to the moon, he and then this. if it matches... Yeah. This is from a, a movie 
uh, I forget what what the name of the movie was, but you could watch some of the go. The, they show some special effects they use in movies, but watch some of the weird shit. Go a little bit further ahead of this. Yeah, right there. There's some of the weird stuff where you see these guys like fall down, and then it looks like they just get yanked back up by wires. It's very strange. Huh. Yeah, I mean, but the press conference is it, the strange. Yeah, it's it's the it's the social aspect of it because it's like I, I won't begin to know like how the flag is supposed to look and the waving and the shadows and the thing that like a lot of people argue about. I, I it's just the political and so it's like I kind of think I know when the government's lying Get about on. something. You know what I mean? Like it, the Watch history this. is there. Watch this. Watch that guy stand back up. Watch this. Watch how he gets up. Like he'd gotten yanked up. Oh. Huh. There's a bunch of those. There's a bunch of those that makes it look like they're on wires oh. and they're being pulled back up to their feet. It's very strange. But, again, have you ever been in 1-6 Earth Gravity? Yeah. I haven't. No. I don't know what that – maybe maybe it just looks fake because when you're in 1-6 Earth Gravity – That's just how movement yeah. works. Do you think we never, ever been in life like up until this I, day? My, my, my – conspiracy belief is specific to thinking that a man has walked around on the surface of the moon specific to that crashing you know lunar whatever i that's all 100 percent. yeah of course it's specifically man <laughs> moving right. did he get out the like this on the yeah it, it's specifically that and like, you don't think anybody's ever done this i, I don't think so no in I life think, like even yeah until i don't this think thing. i don't think i mean we're the See only country that would have the press conference some clips weird clips from the press conference because the, the press conference would trip you out and but, see and see just like other you know countries who have the means to do it like their in, intention about going yeah play play some of this play some of this and go big screen Neil armstrong michael collins Edwin look how sad these guys look. It's so weird. Watch this. It was our pleasure to have participated in one great adventure. It's an adventure that took place not just in the month of July, but rather one that took place in the last decade. We all here and the people listening in today had the opportunity to share that adventure over its developing and unfolding in the past months and years. It's our privilege today to share with you some of the details of that final month of July that was certainly the highlight for the three of us of, of that decade. They just went to the moon and they all looked like they just saw their That's dad only naked. Part of it. They That's all look the like they're lying. They yeah. like they're you tell them, Neil. And this is, <laughs> yeah, it looks so fake. But again, that could be just extreme nerves. It could yeah. be people that don't know how to handle being in front of press. It could be uh, introverts that are forced on the camera. Yeah. It could be a lot of issues. If you went to the moon and then you came back and then you were sitting at a press conference, would you be at the like like what would your what would your actions be? Would you be like yeah, or would you be like more like like certain? No, like, it would be it would look like 
like like a Lakers uh, press conference after they won. You know, just I'd be like lean back, I have my hat on, With some champagne, <laughs> just pointing to reporters. <laughs> like, What's up? <laughs> and why didn't they bring back like a rock or something? No, they did. Oh, they, they did. They're sure, they brought it back a lot. <laughs> yeah, they brought back many rocks, but some of them turned out to be petrified wood. They gave one of them to uh, wait. The that's prime a real minister. thing. That's yeah. a thing. Yeah, they gave a moon rock in '69 uh, or '70 to. Uh, there's the prime minister of Holland, whoever it was, whatever, whoever the person runs Holland. Mm-hmm. And uh, years later, they analyzed it, and it was petrified wood. It was not a moon rock. Wow. In, 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 fa- <laughs> in, in fairness, in fairness, I do get the like. By the time we got to Holland, the gift basket's gonna change. <laughs> It was like we're not giving away the real moon rocks <laughs> to Holland, yeah. bro. Like that, like you know, right. England gets yeah. a real moon rock. Yeah, France gets a man. France gets a moon get rock. A moon rock. Yeah, yeah, but they get yeah. a little. They get a moon rock. Holland, they gave us a statue. Just go find some rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like you got some those yeah. fucking dudes. Yeah. Rocks. What you think about this Mars mission? Look, it, that's all real. Look, rovers are real. It's all the the, the technology is proven and legitimate. And I don't think yeah. you could ever fake anything today. Yeah. Like you could fake things in 1969. If they, I think, if anything, for sure, what they did is it's been proven that they faked some footage. Um, for sure, some photographs. There's you a know, photo NASA of recorded Collins. over yeah. the original. That, yes. Like again, those little things. Like it's like yeah. you recorded over the original. Yeah, the original In a world where yeah. even the importance of syndication was known. I think they also lost the telemetry data, which is like the, the binary hard ones and zeros that show the distance between the Earth and lunar module at every step of the trip. They, they lost, lost it? Yeah, they lost that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, you know, then again, you got to realize, like, people die and people are responsible for storage and no one's paying attention and there's funding and the funding gets pulled. And there's, there's plausible reasons for some of the fuck-ups. I mean, there are episodes of Blossom being Bro. guarded in a vault somewhere <laughs> in Burbank. Blossom. Episodes of Blossom, right? Bruh. But you can get fucking money off of Blossom. You can't make any money off of these goddamn moon landing clips. Look, there's some people that absolutely are convinced that we didn't go, and I used to be one of them. And I would love if they proved that it was fake. It would make me more happy than anything else in the world. You know what? Uh, oh, it would make me very happy too. I the the thing that keeps me holding on to maybe we went is I toured NASA once and they were nice. <laughs> oh, that's probably it then. That I was like, good. oh, they were nice. But you got to realize those aren't the same people. You know, when people say like know, NASA but... lies, okay, but those were NASA from 1969. These are different humans. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're talking about 48 fucking years ago. These are completely different human yeah. beings. Yeah. They stand on the backs of liars. Yeah. Well, there was a... <laughs> stop inviting us to NASA so we can let us ask questions if you're going to fucking lie. What? That's what you say about the tour. <laughs> I'm like, stop inviting us to NASA and allowing us to ask questions if you're going to lie. Well, I don't, think, really they're gonna, nice. I don't they're think they nice. think they're lying. I don't think they're involved. Like, if any, yeah. if there was a conspiracy, like say if they did fake the moon landing, no one today who's alive was a part of that. Yeah. Except Buzz Aldrin, he's the only one still alive. But you know, he he did something. Did he punch the dude in the face? Yeah, he punched some guy. What did he say? He Bart Sebrill. Bart Sebrill made a movie. I had dinner with him. <coughs> oh, with the with guy Bart Sebrill. Yeah, yeah, I had dinner with him many years ago. And back when I was a full-blown moon non-believer. Uh-huh. And, you know, I'm, I, I contacted him, got a hold of him, took him to dinner. and uh, I love that. I like that, I like that you use your celebrity for good. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> it's for good. No, but because that's, that's what I do. Like, just like these real specific yeah. pockets of like people that you just want to talk to. It's like, yeah, let me. Well, I wanted to sniff them out. Them, but you know, you could see someone doing interviews. You could see someone in, in an edited format, and you kind of get a sense of who they are. You don't really get a sense of who they are until you actually talk to them. Yeah, like you and him sharing a plate of pasta. What was his? What like? What did he? Did he give us? Give you anything that's like? gives context to like that moment or like just like why he did it uh he was convinced he was absolutely convinced that it was a hoax and he what he was convinced was that there was a space race between us and russia mm -hmm. and that it was uh <clears throat> it was essentially a militarized space race and what they were trying to do is prove military superiority if you had the the rockets that could get you to the moon your technology was superior yeah and the way he framed it is like the United States had control over what was aired. Um, they put it on television, and no one foresaw the future. No one foresaw that one day you would be looking at these clips on YouTube and analyzing them and doing, putting them in slow mo. They didn't even think yeah, that that was going to no. be a thing. No, they thought gonna, they were going to show air it on television, on and that would be networks. it. Yeah, and they were going to show it. In, black and white uh, and they were going to have it 3d projected so that you would project it on a screen and then people uh who were filming it would have to film the screen like they they didn't even get a live feed when it was airing on television it was airing people filming the screen that it was being projected on so, what what yeah yeah they broke it down so it looked more and more uh grainy and fake like they if you were trying to do something that was not done to the technology of the day that would possibly obscure some fraud. They did it all those ways. There's so many things huh. that they did that you you would go. It's it's in in when in terms of like conspiracies, it's a conspiracy theorist wet dream. Because if it is a fake, it's the biggest fake of all time. Mm -hmm. And there's so many things that are squirrely about it. There's so many things. Doesn't mean it's fake. Yeah. But. There's so many things. So has anybody been to the moon? No. No one's been to the moon since 1969 to 1972. Those are the only trips. They did seven attempts, six of them successful. Apollo mm -hmm. 13 was the one that wasn't successful. That was that big movie. Um, they landed on the moon and then came back seven times. It, 262,000 miles away. Now, here's where it gets crazy, or plus or minus, depending on where the moon's That's at. That's not that time. far. What's crazy is 262,000 miles is pretty far. Um, what's crazy like, is wait, wait, wait. <laughs> oh no 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 my bad I'm I'm thinking about oh that's three zeros because uh, <laughs> I was like what map are you seeing oh man what's interesting <laughs> is that no other human space mission where a human's been a part of it since then has ever gone more than 400 miles from the Earth's surface is that where the uh, space station, the station is? all the space shuttle missions everything. Oh, that's a little, I thought it was further miles. than 400 miles. Wow. Nope, 400 miles. So, so the guy you had dinner with did what for Buzz Aldrin to sock him? He told Buzz Aldrin he was a liar. Yeah. He said, you're a liar and a crook, and Buzz went, pop, pitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Popped him right in the jaw. And says, did anything so happen after? <laughs> Does anyone contact him after that? It's. I mean, I'd imagine. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing of these the days. PR of it all, I think he's no, like I mean, an Uber driver now. I mean, immediately after <laughs> Buzz the punch. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the guy, Bart Sebrell. But oh. I mean, immediately after the punch, is there any type of like... I think he tried to press charges and the cops told him to go fuck off. I think it was one of those oh, things. Okay. It, was a, it okay. wasn't the best punch either. I mean, if you go to the hospital from that punch. Buzz was like in his 80s at the time. <laughs> Damn. 
But he tried, he followed, he harassed a lot of those guys. He harassed a lot of the astronauts and tried to get them to swear on Bibles. He'd bring a Bible and say, swear, oh, swear on this thing. Bible that you went on the moon. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, okay. it was, there was a lot of, there's a lot of weird shit. There's a, another one that's a 25th anniversary of the uh, Apollo moon missions. He gives a speech at the White House in front of this uh, group of uh, honor roll students, like uh, some of the best students in the country. Mm-hmm. And Neil Armstrong gives this real weird fucking speech. It's like, we have here amongst us some, you want to hear it? Find, find uh, yeah, what Neil makes Armstrong's it, cryptic speech. What makes it weird? <laughs> mm. When you'll see it, you'll get it. It's just real. It doesn't mean we didn't go to the moon. It by, doesn't mean that. By the but way, it's, it's it, fucking weird. It, it's really funny because I presented as like, yeah, I don't think we went. And and I didn't even have half of what you give me. Oh, I'll give you way more. There's a lot. Watch this. You're going to watch this. Here. Public appearance and held back tears as he spoke these brief cryptic remarks. This is from a funny thing happened on the way to the moon. Bart Sebrel's movie. As they toured the White but House. this is a real thing that happened. Today we have with us... Uh, a group of students among America's best. To you, we say, we have only completed a beginning. We leave you much that is undone. There are great ideas undiscovered, breakthroughs available to those who can remove one of truth's protective layers. What? He is. The I mean, fuck okay, well, two things. Does the, that mean? A little unfair to it is when you add that fucking Wonka music to anything, mm-hmm. everything sounds incredibly creepy. But, yes, true. But it does sound like uh, One of truth's he's trying to tell layers? you something. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, you can't get more cryptic. Yeah. What, what, and you also can't get more it, it exciting almost, it if you were a conspiracy like, theorist. It almost kind of sounds like he's like... And to the child who actually figures out how to go yeah. to the fucking moon. There are great Thanks. breakthroughs for those who can remove one of truth's protective layers. What would you ra- What would you rather, the the moon confession or the R. Kelly confession? <laughs> if you had to pick one, R. Kelly made a song. I mean, yeah, it's I, your song. I, I, I did. I, it. I, I I need that moon confession, bro. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I need that movie. The R. Kelly, you know, I don't need that confession. I'm good. Yeah, no, I we know. We know. Like, you know, now that, that's up to the law now. <laughs> yeah, I think the law is going to have a piece of that. You know, R. Kelly seems to be pretty Teflon, but the moon confession would be fascinating. I would be, I'd be excited. To... Or, or like a moon, like. I don't know, just, uh, I guess it's not on them to prove that they went. So I'm saying, like, you know, just some type of, like. I just, why, why, why lie? I mean, well, 1969, it's a different yeah. world. Nixon's president. I don't know if they did lie. I don't know. You yeah. know, I used to think I knew. I do not think I know. I, I mean, it's foolish. I don't know jack shit about astrophysics. But I know if there was a lie, you know, if there's any president we would guess would be down. It'd be Trump. He'd well, tell yeah. us about it. Well, well no, I'm saying, I, well, I'm saying, like, <laughs> to go along, I'm saying, like, Nixon, just, like, it is it is a perfect storm of, like, oh, yeah. the time. Oh, yeah. To, yeah, yeah. That's Nixon. Yeah. Oh, he's the most deceptive president of all time, except the current one. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It's, like, yeah, I, I'm, 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 it, it's very interesting. I, I've shut down a lot of barbecues. 
with just that? talking about just bring it up like well, I don't how think about we went. now you have more information and by the way this is a fraction of the shit that I've, I dude I did research yeah. for years yeah I debated a, a, a scientist on, on Penn Jillette's radio show about it how'd it go uh, pretty good for me <laughs> even though I don't even agree with some of the shit that I said back then. Where, where does that argument end on just a agree it's to disagree? Time. It was a time constraint. Yeah. I would do it far differently now. I think far differently now than I did then. I would not take this I know we didn't do it approach uh, because I don't know we didn't do yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, I, and that's the thing. I, I very casually go, yeah, probably not. Yeah. But it just the, the things that don't add up to me don't add up in a way that just makes me go, yeah. Do you know about the Van Allen radiation belts? You know about all that? Uh, I, not enough to like. There's a, there's a belt of radiation, like a donut-shaped belt From of just radiation. years of. Uh, no, no, no. It just naturally surrounds the earth. Oh, you know what I'm yeah. thinking about? I'm thinking about the, never mind. I'm thinking well, about the well, belt of, from years of like satellites. And oh, stuff. yeah, this yeah. Like, there's yeah. that shit too. But yeah. there wasn't much of that in 1969. Yeah. Not nearly what, what about it? The Van Allen radiation belt is an intense band of radiation for miles that, that surrounds the Earth that you would have to go through to get to the moon. Mm-hmm. So they, apparently, though, there's a hole that you could go through in the top where the, the radiation belt isn't there. But the idea is that there was no shielding to protect them from radiation. They, they just were in this aluminum tin can. You ever touch a lunar module? Like they have, uh, there was a science exhibit I went to once that had um, a, uh, a replica of the lunar module, and you could put your hands on it. And it's like, whoa, this thing is oh, really? made out of Coke cans. It's, it's like, it's well, so, it's, sk- it's it's funny, so nothing. I want to show you. It's what. so weird looking. There's also like photographs that are fucking wonky lights that go at two different angles and they say well that's possible due to you know uh uneven terrain and you know things reflecting off of things all these different variables i also i, also I really enjoy just like playing around in the t- <laughs> <laughs> where is just, this where is that this? NASA? is it houston Oh wow! Yeah. Is that a space shuttle? Yeah, it's the oh, shu- like dude. it's the shuttle. I'm I'm. You see, I have a. Music. This is this is you've seen these. You're another dude that walks around with a phone with no case on. Yeah, this this is me on the <laughs> on the red phone. Music. You don't put a case on your phone, dude. No, no. no. Steve Jobs died so that we could uh, feel its sleekness. You're a risk taker. I like mm. the feel of the phone. It's a, a good, lot of people do. Yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson was sitting in the very seat. 24 hours ago, said the exact same thing. Yeah. He has his with no case on either. I was like, ooh. If he could only be here now. And you know, drop it. Stuff. <laughs> oh, he would go crazy on us. Yeah. He's one of the reasons why I dropped it. Talking to him, I'm like, yeah. Doesn't really he make thinks sense, we went? It. Yeah. Well, he's dedicated his whole life yeah. to the idea of it. Well, you know what also? <laughs> uh, he hasn't. He's dedicated his no, whole life to science. No, but, but I know. But I'm just saying, yeah. like, it, to the like the way that, like, that's part of it. It's part of like the kid growing up. That it is, is but he's not an indulger in conspiracy theories. He's got too much other shit to think about that's real. He's thinking about actual real science. Like he doesn't have time for that nonsense. But he will illuminate you on why he thinks it's stupid. And it would be an incredibly difficult task to fake that. But it wouldn't be as difficult in 1969 as it would be in 2018. If you try to do that in 2018, basically I impossible. Mean, America. I mean. The Tuskegee experiment existed. You know what I mean? Yeah, like what year it was just that? In a, uh, was that the sixties? It, it went on for what twenty years? It was like a, I, I don't know the exact, no, but it was like twenty years of of history where this is happening and like, not a, like so many things can just kind of happen under the. Now, did they of, give people syphilis or did they? Yeah, was ha- the Tuskegee. They pe- yeah. yeah, what's yeah. that? Um, giving black men syphilis, like it just like kind of like. 
I don't even know what the research was exactly, if it's like monitoring its effects or if it's I think like, that was exactly what it was. Yeah, and, and it was just, uh, yeah, for like 20 years at uh, the, uh, the Tuskegee Hospital. There are real conspiracies, unquestionably, undeniably real conspiracies. Like uh, Gulf of Tonkin, what got us into the Vietnam War. They, they pretended that a ship got attacked by North Korea or uh, by North Vietnam. And mm. Was it North Vietnam? Whatever it was. By Vietnam in um, the South Pacific, and this motivated everybody to get into war with Vietnam. Never mm. happened. It's fake. Made it up. Um, Operation Northwoods, 1962, signed by the Joint Chiefs of Staff, vetoed by President Kennedy. It was a, uh, an, a signed order where they were going to plan out fake attacks on America. They were going to launch a drone jetliner and blow it up in the air, blame it on Cuba. They were going to arm Cuban friendlies and have them attack Guantanamo Bay. They're going to pay them, arm them to attack Guantanamo Bay, mm. and then it would give us the motivation to go to war with Cuba. This was all signed by the Joint Chiefs of Staff. They're going to sacrifice American lives. They were going to kill Americans. They were going to have people attack Americans, and they were going to blame it on the Cubans, and they were orchestrating it all to get people motivated for a war with Cuba. And President Kennedy came along and said, what in the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and he vetoed it, stopped it, and a year later, he was dead. Mm, mm, mm. This is one of the things that he did. Oh, man. One of the things that he did that lead many people to believe that there was a conspiracy oh, that you know he was murdered. That's yeah. a good one, too. The, the Lee Harvey Oswald case is a fascinating one. Uh, Lee Harvey's murder is the shadiest looking shit. Shadiest shit of all time. But he, Jack Ruby runs Jack Ruby run. by it the was cops. Like, it was like a motion picture yeah. of like, like just with a director, like a B-movie director. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> what happened with Lee Harvey Oswald? Lee Harvey Oswald's captured by the cops. He yeah. says, I'm a patsy. You know, this just—I didn't do anything, and they're—they're they're walking him. They're holding on to him. By the way, he—he's behaving like a guy who got framed. He's not mm -hmm. behaving like a guy who just shot the president. And they're walking yeah. with him. This That's is after he—you know—said he was a patsy. They're walking with him through the courtyard, and Jack Ruby, who was a mob guy, walks right up to him and shoots him in front of everybody. Jack Ruby, who was a nightclub owner, who was deep look at in the debt to the mob. Look, look at the shot. Yeah, watch this. He's walking. They look how they have him too. Look it's at almost the like shot. Bang! Just walks up to him. They grab him. Hey, you cut it out there, Mister. It looks like it's playing on Turner Classic Movies. It does. Like you could add music to this. I'm surprised no one's added. Like, <laughs> give me some volume, Jamie. Play that from the beginning. See, let me see him walking again. Give me some volume. Let me hear this. But look at these. Watch this. These. They're walking him through. But look how the the cops are like way on the outside too. I don't want to get shot. Look there! Look how they're holding him. Ah. Uh. He's been shot. He's been shot. Lee Oswald has been shot. There's a man with a gun. There's a man with a gun. Oh, Get man. him! Never shot another round. Shoots one round, kills him, and that's it. Very strange. Strange place to shoot him. I mean, too. even it even. Where did he shoot him? In the guts. You know, like in the movies. It's just weird. Even the way he drew his gut was very like Yeah, I think I think there's probably many people involved in that murder. Very, very, very likely. You know the Zapruder film didn't get played on TV to more than ten years after the assassination? That was that one? You, you know who played it? Who? Dick Gregory. Dick oh, Gregory. he was the 
Dick That's Gregory incredible. got a hold of that film and he brought it to the Geraldo Rivero show in like what was it like 1970 something. Was, I think the the murder was in '63. Yeah, and I think he brought it on the Geraldo Rivero show. Seventy-five. How about that? Hey, man. And you know what? And knowing that it played on uh, Geraldo more than makes up for the Al Capone's vault ah! fiasco. Geraldo used to be legit, man. He was that guy. People don't realize Geraldo and was super legit. Dick he Gregory was a, a, a journalist. Dear oh, God. he was amazing. Dear God. Dick uh, Gregory was amazing. I mean, he was an activist before anybody even knew what the fuck that meant. And as a comedian, for him to be appearing on this show, Geraldo Rivera, beautiful hair. God, look at his hair. And Dick Gregory, looking young and handsome, and he, he brings this out and explains to people, hey, it is highly likely that the president got shot from the front. And look at his head go back and to the left. You see his brain spray and the blood spray out of his head. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. When they played it, people were stunned. And you could clearly see you know, him grabbing his neck. Like You could see the whole yeah. deal. It's a fucked up video. And it's amazing that if we didn't have this video, we would probably have a completely different narrative of what happened to Kennedy. One guy with one camera opened up the possibility that there was a massive conspiracy that killed the president. And it led to the release of countless books and so much speculation. How, uh, how many files? Like, there's still, uh, how, like, what's the timestamp before all like, the files are on the case? Well, early. some of them were released fairly yeah, recently. Yeah, they came out like last yeah. year or maybe even this year. And uh, I don't even remember. Look at that. Boom, back into the left. I don't remember what the conclusion was. Oh, I just missed it. Rewind it. Yeah. It's so grainy. Yeah. Here, watch back into the left. Watch here. Eddie. Here comes the spray. Bang. Oh, shit. Yeah. The way his head throws back, it seems very likely that he was hit from the front. However, it's also possible that he was hit from the back and that his body just spasmed that way. Yeah. You know, I mean, no one really knows. Yeah. He, Have you seen uh, Jackie, the movie Jackie? No. It, they capture, he, he captures like that moment, you know, it's for the film, but it, in mm -hmm. such a like, it, it's a beautiful, really beautifully captured moment that he yeah. kind of plays throughout the film that's like you just for that alone i thought the movie was beautiful and uh very underrated but i uh but i it captured it really well yeah it's a it's a crazy moment in history you know they assassinated the president it was caught on film but again if dick gregory didn't get that video footage to geraldo rivera is this in the movie like yeah. oh jesus <laughs> christ damn yeah what it's, in it's, the it's, fuck? Yeah, yeah yeah it's it's crazy was she picking up his brains? No, that's not true. You know, Lenny Bruce had a whole fucking bit yeah, on that. Yeah, I heard that. He had a whole <laughs> bit on that saying... because they tried to say that she was picking up his brain. She was running away. She she knew yeah, he that he was the... dead, and she was escaping. She was climbing off the back of the car to escape. And then the Secret Service was behind her, and, they, you know, he tried to help her. Damn. Yeah. Hell no. Crazy, dude. There's also the difference in the autopsy. The autopsy in the Damn. the autopsy in Dallas, the way they the way they examined his wounds in Dallas versus the way they described him in Bethesda, Maryland, when they flew him to that mm -hmm. hospital, completely different. Really? Yeah, yeah. They 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 turned the entry wound into the neck, 
which was, they said was a bullet hole. They turned that into a tracheotomy wound. They ch- changed the way uh, they thought the entrance wound to the head was. Yeah, there was a lot of weird fuckery that huh. went on between um, Dallas and Maryland. And then there was also generals in the room that were there that wouldn't allow doctors to come and, and do certain parts of the autopsy. There's a lot of weird shit. Wow. I mean, also with the president, you have to realize the president of the United States is shot. It's top secret. They yeah, don't know no, I, I get that aspect happen. of it, but just like to yeah. not have the files line up, but then release false files. When, when were they released? Like, was there's, that like- listen, there's a great book on it. The book's called Best Evidence by a guy named David Lifton. And I fucked up once and read this book before I went on stage. I was uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was working in Philly, uh-huh. and uh, I you know I was on the road. Yeah, uh, it was like. You know, I was young, and uh, I didn't understand, like, you got to put yourself in a good frame of mind before you do stand-up. And I was reading this book, freaking the fuck out. I was like, oh, my God, they shot the president. Like, uh-huh. this is real. They killed the goddamn president. And I went on stage, like, super bummed out. <laughs> 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 and I had to explain to the lady who ran the club. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Uh, I, 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 this won't happen tomorrow because I was there for the whole weekend. I'm like, I read this book. And she's like, don't read that book tomorrow. I was like, I won't. I oh, man, going on stage bummed yeah. out is the... <sighs> Worse. I gotta pee. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh yeah, that. that yeah, I've done that before. Dude. I went up. I remember one time. Uh, it was. I mean, this is the craziest set ever. I'm at Baltimore uh, Comedy Factory, which is already, you know, just with my style in that club, already shouldn't be a thing that happens. <laughs> 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 well, you gotta already, find that out the hard already way. Already that, but uh, you know, whatever. Uh, and I'm there, but and also my friend Angelo just passed away, and I was going through. We were talking about like the, kind of those depressed. I was like trying to make sense of that, and, coupled with it was at right after like Christmas and the holidays, so I hadn't gone up for a few weeks. So being rusty, depressed at the Baltimore Comedy Factory. <sighs> Uh, you know, uh, is a combination that led to like it, it almost. Uh, I remember experiencing it from up here. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it's one of those things that you experience where you're just like you're just kind of looking down at it, just like, huh? Damn. Is it? <laughs> Going on stage <laughs> is a wave something of, terrible. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it's especially if you're, you know, if who you are in your act is so reliant upon. Having fun, yeah, or or a truth to you know the presentation is a certain tr- has a certain amount of truth to it, right? Where you, you know. are right now, like yeah, what's where you are going on your mind, yeah, which is which is also a thing I always have to guard for me because it's so I really absorb, absorb, absorb. So like I'm reacting to and by exactly how I feel, right, right, right. now. Yeah. <clears throat> I worked with JB Smooth once. We were working in uh, a club, no, a college in New Jersey, and it was real hard to get to. And this was back before GPS. Mm-hmm. You know, we just had directions written down on paper, mm-hmm. you know, and he was real late, like a half hour late plus, maybe even more. And the show was supposed to start at 8. It was already 8.30, and he wasn't there. So they said, look, um, just have a seat in the green room and wait, and, you know, when he gets here, we'll put him on. So I go, okay. So I have a seat in the green room, and I'm watching this show, and it's a documentary on these fires in Malibu that devastated Malibu mm-hmm. back then, you mm-hmm. know, and, and 
fucking burnt all these houses down and these people are weeping and crying and they're looking for their dog they're like rusty where are you rusty and then this guy he's a firefighter and he comes out and he didn't even lose his house he was just taking care of all these people that did lose their houses and he built this house and it's like his life savings and he's just and his neighbor's house is gone his house was spared and he's just weeping this guy's just openly weeping Mm -hmm. and then the uh director of entertainment whatever it is for the college comes in and goes well jb's not here yet so i guess you'll just go on first <laughs> and when he gets here you'll go on. i'm like okay so we're gonna bring you up now okay uh-huh. i was like okay and i just went up and just ate shit yeah yeah I was so depressed yeah I was of course i mean thinking that's... about this fire and all these people <laughs> burning dogs and you know did you talk about that no i was i was terrible at the time i didn't know what i was doing <laughs> You ready know, for some comedy? There's that <laughs> moment when when you're a young comic, you only been doing at the time I'd been doing comedy like four years. Right. When you when I would go down with the ship four years in, there was no coming back. Like once I mm-hmm. bombed, if I was if I was doing pretty good and then I started bombing, there was no recovery. Yeah. I never recovered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just like there's no I've already given you my best. <laughs> well it's also I just didn't have the I didn't have the mindset. I didn't know how to recover. Yeah. I didn't know how to step back and reassess. And you, you know, think about yeah. these fires, man. I was so depressed. It's a lot. It's a lot. You just can't watch something like that before you go on stage. Yeah, I mean, and then not re- – also, you know, it, it's also that learned thing of how to find the best of where you are Yeah. type of thing. But, like, yeah, before having that – Stay out of the weeds, man. Stay- <laughs> don't, don't talk to anybody that's depressing. <laughs> don't do anything depressing. Yeah. You know? Well, people like to talk – like, more than that – I'm actually more affected by, you know, I remember, like, starting out and going on to clubs and, like, people, you know, the booker or whatever likes to come in and give you the rundown of the room and the whatever. And, and I'm really bad at that. Like, I'm bad at, like, don't give me the information. Like, again, right. like, al- allow me to react to whatever is out there and yeah, whatever's yeah, going yeah. on. And, like, I, you don't need that thing. Like, let it get in my head as I'm in my head right, you don't want to hear okay there's a bachelor party in table yeah. two and they're really rowdy and we're going to try to talk to them first so just just you it's know like, try not to react what to are them. you doing yeah yeah they'll, like, t- they'll tell you this as you're being introduced to hold your arm yeah draw just want to like, let, let you know we've got it we're going to handle it the bachelor and, party and, got it under control and to <laughs> like they do it on i mean if you're doing you know you're doing press for certain things like most things like they try and do like a pre-interview and the thing and oh. it's all just these things that like just rings out anything yeah, organic. Any realness. Or any, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any spontaneity is squeezed out by it's those pre-interviews. But and just, you're doing it with a producer and like, do you have any stories, funny stories? Like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> do I? Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> the worst, you ever gone on one of those radio shows where they want you to do your bits? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's some. Those are I hope somebody recorded. There's some great 6 a.m., me in Indiana just <laughs> refusing. Bob and Tom show? Did you do that? I think I did Bob and Tom. I'm pretty yeah. sure I did Bob and Tom. I did that too. And the, the fucking I producer lady got very angry at me. Yeah. 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 It's like, why would I why would I do that? Yeah. I think it was a lady. It might have been a dude. But but you know, like it is that but again, man, it, it all goes to like perception. Like they what people make of comedians. Yeah. You know, you know, and what the expectations are when you go out and you do these things, like what people's expectations are, like you gotta like, you you ha- it's up to you to like change it. Yeah, like to change that thing. It's just like, all right, well, look, hey, Bob and Tom, 
yeah. nice guys. People do the their bids. That's just not a thing that I do. Yeah. We'll have a conversation. Yeah, and you're trying you to know. pretend that a conversation can't be entertaining. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, and, and it's like, uh, you know, again, like, it's not even that they do it. It's like it has to be tailored to you. Mm-hmm. You can't do the thing. You can't just fill into the mold of comedian. Right. You know, it's just going to make the exact same thing over and over. Well, the art forms is very underappreciated because it seems like we're just talking. You know, it yeah. seems like anybody yeah, exactly. can do it. I talk, too. You talk, I talk. Yeah. You know, it's not like we all play guitar, so you see someone go That's up there and shred. why your friends from back home think they could do a pretty good yeah, guitar. Yeah, exactly. Because everybody's been funny at one point in time. We've all hung around with somebody who said some hilarious shit. We're oh, like, yeah. ah! And, you know, and that feels good, right? It feels good when they do that. that when they say that and they get that feeling, like, damn, I just made everybody laugh. Yeah. We've all felt <laughs> that. Chase it. And we yeah. probably felt that before we ever did comedy. So they see you on stage, and they see you killing, and they say, I could do that shit. He's doing that. He's doing what I do. I could do that. Yeah. And they get it in their, he- their head. Jamar could do it. Why the fuck can't I do it? Yeah. They get it yeah. in their head. Yeah. Like, he's just talking. He's not doing backflips. He's, yeah. not, <laughs> he's not surfing 80-foot waves. <laughs> but you know what I mean? They yeah. think you, what you're doing is stuff they do. I had a, I, I had a cousin like... You know, I'll bring like, Jeremy out, cousins out, whatever. I bring him out to, like, the club sometimes or whatever. I brought him to an open mic one time. And, you know, I go up and um, I say, hey, man, it's an open mic, man. If y'all want to go up, I was like, you should. You know, I just want to see my boys do it or whatever. So uh, my cousin Jeremy was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it, whatever. And uh, he's like, I can do that shit. And he gets up and he does good. He's a funny dude, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. Now, do that shit every day for 10 years. And you know what? And look, the, the reality is some people are good. I'm sure, you know, some comedians started just by being like, oh, I can do this shit. And then they and did. They did and then they yeah. were great at it. Yeah. And, and, you know, and like, and that can't happen. It's just that uh, if you are going to do it, like, like anything, you know, if it is like the what you're choosing it's just like make sure that the articulation is uh yours and interesting and you know what i mean like i I think that's kind of the goal like what however you get into it or whatever inspired it or whatever like if you are doing it do it yeah you know like do it and like do it at at its highest level if you can yeah it's just i think stand up like you were saying it just doesn't get the respect that other art forms get because there's no, there's no, like, if you see someone play guitar or play the drums or something like that, you don't have any illusion that you can go up and do exactly what they do. But yeah. a lot of people have the illusion in their mind that they can go on stage and be funny. Yeah. Because they're just talking. To even, or even just be interesting. To yeah. be in, you know what I mean? Yeah. To, to be anything in a room. But it's, but a lot of it, you know, part of the, the reason for the perception is the things that we accept. Yeah. You know, like it, it really is that like a lot of the things that we accept contribute to like oh yeah, everybody. like you know, we make it <laughs> like we allow ourselves to be presented like you know, right, right, court right. jesters. Right. Yeah. Know? Well, and it's also it's one of the rare things that anybody can try, right? You can go up open mic night and yeah. try. Yeah. And you know, while you're up there doing stand up, somebody who's a professional might drop in. And pop, you know, Chappelle might show up and do a set. Jeff Ross might go up there. Dom Herrera might show up. People show up and do sets, mm-hmm. 
and share the stage with you. Mm-hmm. And it's your first day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's a rare yeah, thing. Like yeah. that, that doesn't take place in music or anywhere else. Where you get an open mic night and there's 30 people on, doing three minutes. Yeah. And yeah. anybody could be one of them. Yeah. It's weird. It's like so, homeless people. Yeah, a lot of homeless people, a right? Homeless a lot of people, sketchy yeah. fucking weirdos that touch the same mic as you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that same mic. It doesn't, same mic. It doesn't change. It doesn't never get cleaned. Uh, Nobody funny. cleans that comedy store mic. You got an intense immune system from working at that school. No one's taking a Clorox wipe. Who the fuck is cleaning anything at that place? They barely clean the tables. That, yeah. that place, they just d- deliver drinks and keep the party rolling. That's part of why it's so good. It's just a, a grimy joint. <laughs> Fucking got her, man. That's a big, grimy that's joint. Big layer of humor that's covered yeah. oh, everything. Oh, for sure, man. <laughs> I think when they changed out the improv and they swapped that lab for that back bar and they, they put that bar in there and it's like, it seemed like they like removed a body part. It's like. Yeah. How they got it now. Yeah, it's, but I mean, in the way that like got this, the energy went away. Yeah, it was this kind of uh, kind of Miami infusion. Yeah, so I feel like a nightclub in Miami. It was an bit. Encino restaurant bar. That's what it was like. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was like just with the, the sofas <laughs> and the just like Weird. like like you know what this uh, this room needs a place for people to lounge more. Yeah, it just well, it's kind of they kind of figured it out now. They got little shows that they do there. It's yeah, kind of, it's kind of interesting. But it used to be cool. It used to be like a room, like a separate room yeah. that was just comedy. And Ari Shafir's whole storyteller show started out there. That's where he would do it. He would run it there because it was like a 70, 80 seat room. Wait, you're talking about the, the lab? The lab. Yeah, it yeah. Used to be, the before curtain, it was the bar, it was the lab. Because they redid it. Twice. Yeah, I remember yeah. the lab. We did it a couple yeah. times. Yeah, I, I was talking about the main, like the main, uh, the redoing of the main room. Yeah, the lab, oh, the, yeah. the the lab room. Yeah, I I remember that 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 could have a really good energy when when it had like that really pink curtain. Yes. that was that was back there. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember. I feel like yeah, I remember doing like a Montreal uh, showcase. Yeah, or something. showcase. Yeah, that was like my yeah. first and only one. No, I did it twice. That yeah, I remember doing it later that week. Yeah. The improv is a weird spot. That that hallway when you wait and go on, there's nowhere to hide. Yeah, it's you know, open, you're stuck in the by. hallway, people walking by, yeah. and they're like, hey man, let me talk to you about something. Like, I'm going on stage right now. I gotta go. Hold on, let me get a selfie. Like, yeah, yeah. They, they, they could touch you, like right before you're going on stage. You, can, yeah. It's again, you know, that, that never happens with Gary Clark. He's never about to go on stage. <laughs> there's some dude in the hallway going, yo, Gary, let me get a selfie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you're away from it. You yeah. walk out and yeah. show himself. That's part of the reason why it's interesting. It's part of the reason because you're you're like one of them, but it's also part of the reason why it's a it's a fucking weird art form. Yeah, no, it, it is. It is. It's a weird, and at its best, it's so interesting, and like yeah. you get a lot of perspective and thoughts. Are you doing a lot of sets these days? What are you I doing? I haven't gone up. Really, haven't gone. I mean, I've done maybe two or three sets in the past year and a half Damn. that's crazy maybe maybe that and the last time i saw you did you do like two minutes and walk off yeah yeah i was like i'm good i don't need this (laughs) (laughs) why Why? no it's just not it's not where ideas are going now where's your ideas going now uh like it's a lot of film projects and like some television stuff that just feels more normal to you yeah it, it just feels like the way of it i mean even you know uh, before, I mean, I had like a TV show. I would do a lot of thoughts would just go there, and I wouldn't do stand up a lot during that. And like, you know, 
I like to just focus and like put the energy where where you feel the most creative, and so that's why. Mm. I mean, I could you could go up and you could. I don't know something about stand up right now. You know, it's it's simultaneously like, oh man, there's some really amazing things happening, and just kind of as a whole, it's just like a certain. Uh, I, I think it's going through like this growing phase, like this kind of identity thing, right? Because it's like, I, I feel like there needs to be kind of this overhaul, and even one in its presentation, and two, what the expectation of performer audience, because it's a lot of like. I don't know. I, I, I'll go and I'll see a lot of like, you know, Trump stuff and a lot of things, but it's like not like new perspective. And it's like, you know, it's a lot of civil rights leaders and it's a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of things. And, and you know, and not even good civil rights leaders, just, you know, talking points right. and just kind of preaching. To, it's a lot yeah. of preaching the choirs. And it's like, you know, the whole thing is this unique articulation and like this unique thing that you're supposed to be bringing it, it's show and tell like it, it is like hey i have this thing i have this thought that i think is unique i have this way of presenting this thought that i think is unique and and now and again it's profitable right now this is the bubble where it is right now right if you go up and you you know uh speak for your group or you speak in this type of way you can get rewarded for it and kind of these immediate rewards i understand mm-hmm. it but it, it really does kind of choke the art form it chokes what's interesting about it you i know? think there's just so many people trying to stand out and it's so difficult to do that and they find these paths and one of those paths is to be someone who's like really moral and righteous and you know has something to say but, but it's also under the it's under the illusion of uh being rebellious and and edgy yeah it's under it's under the illusion of these things because it's like uh uh you know there's when dick gregory said the things that he said and the things he said there was real danger in a conservative country there's real danger to a lot of things he says you get on stage and you're like fuck trump in los angeles and new york city yeah where you're honing your skills and it's just like oh well well good for you that unique perspective you bring (laughs) <laughs> about how this is the worst of times. Yeah, it's uh, there's definitely a lot of that. There's a lot of voices, you know, but there's a lot of great stuff too. No, there is. There are unique, you know, exp- like that. That's the thing. It's just with anything. It's it's flooded right now. There, do, you, do you plan on going back? Do you have aspirations, or do you have a thought in your head, or do you just go with the flow? Just kind of go with. The, I mean, if I if I feel it and I and like thoughts come out that fit, or if I find a way to do it like a thing that maybe doesn't necessarily fit in with that, then maybe I'll do that. I, I'm open to it. I, I just don't know. Yeah. I don't really know what that is right now. That's beautiful though, yeah. that you have that sensibility that you just, this is what I'm thinking about. This is what I like to do right now. Yeah. Just and just that. kind of focus. I've been in more music studios in the past two years than I've been comedy clubs. Really? Yeah. What are you doing with music? It's just kind of there. Just like, just hanging out? Well, just, I, I like, I mean, I like to talk about it and you like how to discuss it and like, you know, I've, I've been like enough to kind of be around some like artists that I admire and just like listen to that creation. Pro- like, I like the immediacy of that process like a lot. I like that. It's what I was saying, what I like about even here. It's like, it's, it's an art space that you have here where you can kind of create like in this immediate space and like exactly how you see it. it it comes out in that way and you can record it and you can capture it like that yeah. and and when your mind is in that space you know you need to only do things that it can be good at yeah yeah so it's a 
it's a good you're, you well you it seems to me uh, as an outsider is that you found like your natural path you found a natural path like you've 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 made it in you become successful you've you're well known now and you've got freedom and you're just like let me just find my what am i into well i'm doing what i hope uh, like all of us are trying to do like the the one thing that i've always done is exactly what i want to do <laughs> In the career, and and it's not just by nature. It's not like you know. And then I told. It's right. just by saying, uh, not doing the things. If it doesn't match, then right. not doing it. You know, like and trying to have a vision of what the thing is, and just making that right. And so, like that's what like comedy at its best. Again, the the medium finds you. Like it it comes to you. You don't go to the medium. Yeah. You know, like like the medium is meeting you. Like. And, and so many people are just like conforming and just the, it becomes the same thing. I don't know. It's a weird time. Well, that's a good outsider's perspective. Like you, you're an insider that has almost an outsider's perspective because you're looking at it like you step back a little bit and you watch all the, the, the fucking hamster wheel, watch all the scrambling, watch all the <laughs> sliding yeah. around. There's a lot of that, man. I mean, there's a lot of fake horse shit going on. There's a lot of people grabbing at straws. Yeah, it's know? a lot of no – it's really noisy. Yeah. But that's really just there's so many opportunities, there's so many venues, and there's so many comedians. And it's also comedy so hot right now. It's like it's such an exciting time for stand-up that there's so many people doing it. So you're automatically going to get, just like when you're trying out jokes, a lot of them suck. Well, when you're trying out comedians, oh, a lot yeah. of them just, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. are going to make it. <laughs> I mean, this might be, in terms of like success to failure ratios, one of the most brutal art forms you could ever attempt to be a professional at yeah yeah no definitely it, it's i mean because you go you're going out there kind of naked with the thought and the... how many guys from your era like when you started doing open mic nights are doing well now um guys are guys are uh right now really finding their kind of space and guys are starting to get tv shows and they're starting to get like guys that i remember seeing it like mics are, are, are really starting to to do like it's it, in the past couple of years is really like kind of hit i i was on this weird kind of weird path trajectory type of thing i i kind of was just on the side of it i feel i feel like in this weird sense and things kind of happened and i kind of found an infrastructure that worked for me really quickly you know what I mean? But, like, uh, now, around now is the time, I think, that a lot of things are starting to happen for, like, guys that have been around. Like, yeah, but if you were around 500 dudes when you first started that you knew regularly, maybe mm -hmm. three are working now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Legitimately. Like, if you counted all of them up over the first 10 years of your stand-up career, you got maybe three. That are doing, ex yeah. That are doing yeah. what they want to do. Yeah. Maybe you know. two that are doing what they want to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. It, it really is that. Yeah, it's fucking brutal. A lot of comedians operate in this space where it's like they don't know they can do what they want to do. Right. That's yeah. a big wall. Yeah. It's a big wall. I've seen a lot of people stop at that wall. People that can, that are just like still right. trying to figure out how to. Right. The confidence to act. The confidence to act on your actual instincts, too, to do what you really want to do. Which is so yeah. crazy because comedy, you would think that we'd be the ones that are closest to it mm -hmm. because it's so instinctual. And, it, and it's such a reaction. 
you know, like a lot of things you do is such a real, like when you you discover you're funny through like, when you, you discover you can sing by preparing to sing. Right. You know, you go and you prepare to sing you, your voice and you give it a shot and you you discover you're funny by just like, oh, what? That would <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah, like you yeah. discover you're funny the way, you know. People like, laughing at shit like, you said oh, you didn't what? even know it was funny. Yeah, was that okay? Or by like a yeah. hunch that, you, you know, like that you have. So like it, it's so instinctual that you would think it would be more of that, like following your instinct, following your gut. Yep. Forging your own But path. it's also, it's so scary in the beginning that once you find shelter, you, you you hold on to that. Yeah. That's why those, you know, the, the saddest comedians are the ones that they do stand up for five years, they develop a half an hour, and it never changes. Yeah, mm. you found and it. They cling mm. to that bitch like a fucking life raft. Yeah. And people, they, yeah, people listen, man, you know. People don't talk about how comfy glass ceilings are. You know, they're really, it's actually surprisingly <laughs> soft up there. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah, um, this is great. What, what do you got going on? Do you promote anything? You got anything happening? Oh, oh, oh Drew! Uh, I gotta talk about Drew's special. Drew okay. Michael, I, I meant to send that to you. Oh, well, send it to me to, now. I'll send it to you now. It okay. comes out this weekend. It comes out uh, Saturday. It's it's really fun. It's a comedian I love. Um, I'm excited for people to see him. Directed a special. Did it without an audience. Without an audience. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Really? Yeah, 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 Where'd he do it? Uh, we shot it on a stage, just like on a stage. We kind of created the environment. Wow. And uh, yeah, I, I, I really. Whose idea excited. was it to do it on audience? Mine. I, 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 I think the thoughts work removed from it, and I'm really excited to. Wow. It was a, I'm really excited to capture it like that. Wow. Yeah, I don't even really know what you call this thing, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really, because <laughs> it was like when I first saw him. I uh is this a trailer? Yeah, yeah. Person I get close to. Something's got to give here. Cause after a while like the thoughts get weird. Like the whole thing. I just bounce back, bounce back. I don't want to date someone I don't love. I love my mom. She's single too, not that it matters. And people are like, "What?" And you're like, "Oh." August 25th on HBO. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. You know, those shows, those sitcoms, that they when they first started doing single-camera sitcoms and they started doing them without an audience, people were like, what? Yeah. What the, the Larry Sanders show? Or yeah. One of those, you're like, what the fuck is this? There's no audience? How weird. Still funny, though, and people laugh at home. Yeah. You know, some of my favorite shows. You ever watch uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? I haven't really watched it, but it's just, fucking hilarious but, but, show. But that's no the, audience. That's the thing. The thing is that it's like I think the thoughts, you know, yeah. stand alone. They speak for itself. It was like why not? Yeah, yeah. It, it was. It's really exciting to just kind of put that into beautiful some living rooms. We'll see what people think. Beautiful. Well, gentlemen, Jamar. Good yes, to see sir. you, as always, my yes, brother. Sir. Thanks for taking Good to see time. both of you. Thanks for doing this. Let's do it again, man. Let's do it again. It's great. We're in the neighborhood. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> It's fun, man.